Alex here, and joining me today in the studio is Brad. Hi! And we would like to uh, thank you for listening to Round Jack episode 93. Thanks, pals. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to say Happy St. Patrick's Day, Brad. Happy St. Patrick's Day, indeed. Um, on the way over here, I grabbed some shamrock shakes for us. Oh, you did. And I didn't realize they were mint-flavored. Yeah, yeah, it's very I thought they were just novelty-colored. <laughs> That's... It's just vanilla, throw some green coloring in. Hmm. Indeed. Thank you much. But, uh, very malty and minty. It's not as bad as I was expecting it being. Can I tell you what is awful? What's awful? Okay, I was on the way home the other night, and oh, I hop off the bus. Don't tell me you did this. I did it. I did it. I almost did it coming over here. I almost thought, screw Shamrock Shakes, but go oh. ahead. Let's... What, what'd you do, man? I bought a Dorito taco. <laughs> a single Dorito taco. I, I took it into my mouth, uh-huh. took a bite... I said, okay, I've had enough Dorito taco for the rest of my life. Wasn't that good? It was horrible. It's the worst thing. It may be the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Really? I could not finish a taco. It was horrible. Now, was it like a mental thing? Like you were just, your mind couldn't handle like, my taco's a Dorito? Well, no, I, my Dorito's a taco? I was I, I was down for you know, spending 89 cents on a novelty taco just for the hilarity of saying for the podcast... Oh my god, guys, I had a Dorito taco. I'm uh, sorry, no, don't do it. Anyone, you might think it's cute and funny. Like, oh, I'm gonna eat a Dorito taco, ha <laughs> ha No, don't do it. It's thin, it's super thin, and all that salty Dorito crap, which you normally, it's normally fine on a Dorito, because it's so extra, like, crazy thin, because it's a taco shell, um, you're just eating lots of salt and then shitty Taco Bell Taco meat and cheese. Your fingers get all like that red Doritos. I did not have enough time. Did not have enough time for that to happen. Do it away. I was in. It was still in the paper. I took a bite. I was like, "Whoa, this is horrible." I was like, "Is something wrong with it?" Um, I started taking another bite. I was like, "No, this is just bad." All right, thank you. I've done it. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Horrible. I mean, all the marketing research pointed that that's what people wanted. They're wrong. People want to try it one time just to say that, yeah, I had the Dorito taco. No. That, that's all it is. It's a one-time event in your life. No one is ever going to buy two Dorito tacos. It's probably why, you know, we said Taco Bell could feed Germany and wouldn't. Maybe Germany turned Taco Bell down. Germany <laughs> definitely turned Taco Bell down. So the rest of the world has to take Germany's scraps, oh. I guess, or unwanted foods. Yes. Wow, man. Dreadful. Don't do it. Don't do it. Not even for the sake of comedy. Don't do it. <laughs> so, St. Patrick's Day and all. Uh, before I came over here, I went to go get some blood work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I drove through a part of Covington, which is called Main Strauss, or Main Street. Um, and it was 12.30 in the afternoon, and there were tons of people there celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Decked out. Yeah. Uh, they were drinking heavily at noon. Alex, do you remember last year? I when it, was, it wasn't even on the weekend. I remember this because um, I got into, I got into internet scrapes about it because there was some dipshit on the news and for some reason I don't remember what the reason was I had local news on. Okay. I, my mistake. I know. Hey, you know. And there was this guy who was like, "Yeah, it's, I'm just gonna be as drunk as possible. I'm Irish." First of all, dude, you're not Irish. <laughs> you're just a white American dude that has some 
quasi-distant relationship to Ireland, which you probably don't even have, and it's complete bullshit. I'm tired of all the people pretending they're Irish that aren't, first of all. And second of all, using that as an excuse to be an alcoholic, that's the worst. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, like, feel free to binge drink. I'm not gonna judge you. But don't make an excuse for binge drinking in that you're theoretically Irish and it's St. Patrick's Day. I mean, St. Patrick's Day is the worst holiday for that, too, because, I mean, it pretty that's all that's yeah. how all adults celebrate it. There's nothing else to do other than, like, all right, let's wear green and get drunk. Like, get, At least on Christmas, you can think about the baby Jesus and drink. <laughs> or on Easter, you can think about uh, Barry Christ and drink. Mm. Arbor Day trees, but... Like, There's no excuse. St. Patrick's Day is like, whatever. Yeah, drink. Binge drink all you want. I, that's fine. I, you don't need to have a celebration for that, but don't have a bullshit excuse for it. That's my only thing. Just well, embrace the fact that you're binge drinking. Like, yeah, I'm just binge drinking. Uh, well, I would say drink in moderation. I, I, if you want to binge drink, but it's a choice. You can feel, if you want to binge drink, binge drink. But don't make up any stupid excuse for it. That's my only thing. And don't pretend you're Irish. When you're not, you couldn't find Ireland on a map. <laughs> and I bet they couldn't. No. I bet they couldn't. Not a chance. It's bullshit. Fuck. Do you remember that time in... Were you in that high school class with me? Maybe not. Where sure. the teacher passed an inflatable globe around the room and asked people to find stuff and they couldn't? Wow. Where's Where's Africa? Well, she started with countries. Like, where's the United States? No, the person couldn't guess. What? Couldn't find the states on a globe. Wow. All right, guys. Well, where's where's France? Couldn't find it. Well, let's go continents, because you people are idiots. Where's Africa? I promise you a kid was looking straight at Africa and just was like, I have, I don't know. You could read it off the fucking globe, worst case. Say, <laughs> can't read. Can't read. Can't read. That's Tennessee. Yeah, man, it was sobering. They did go to Santorum. Hmm. I'm just... Good job, <laughs> bigots. Absolutely craziness. Just to let you guys know, this is going to be an awesome show today. We're going to be discussing one of the people I like the least, George Washington. <laughs> and we're going to be talking to one of my favorite humans on the internet. We're going to be talking to Illyrio. Oh, yeah. About his awesome birthday pick, The Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> Definitely a treat for you today. Indeed. So much to look forward to. But let's get started. Yes, Brad. There's a quick little game I'd like to throw it at you. All right. And it's called Whose Secret is Best? Ooh. Um, this is inspired by uh, the good people at Post Secret. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, Post Secret's, I guess, um, an artistic project in a way, or a social media project in its own, I guess, an early social media project, where um, people send in postcards to some guy, and he curates them, and he puts them online. Well, they've gotten in touch, I'm assuming, with some kind of ad agency, um, and started to diversify, kind of like, diversify their kind of agenda and now they are actively going out and recording people they're um getting a question and then posing it to 50 people randomly on the street and then they do those videos put them online and then ask you to make comments to submit your own and one of those was what's your secret and brad i can i can't i let's just get into this um so i'm gonna ask you whose secret's best this is a boyfriend and a girlfriend and they're okay. confessing these things for the first time to each other their deep darkest secrets just out and about thanks all right the girlfriend's when asked what her secret was she looked at the boyfriend because obviously it's a secret about him it's mm -hmm. not some other secret right and she she says to him you know all those books on my shelves the ones i won't let you read they're full of love poems i've written about you that's her secret brad uh -huh. After that, the boyfriend... All those books on my shelf? <laughs> I, I'm telling you what she, she, she said. Multiple books of poetry about this guy? Well, okay, now... Let's learn about this guy. Well, yeah, okay. So afterwards, she's like, all right, your turn. She's like, dig deep, it's cool. And you can tell the boyfriend's kind of... 
he's a little, um, he's pensive in a way. He's like, well, alright. He looks at her and says, <laughs> Alright, um, you know your cat that went missing? I ran over it. <laughs> Who's Secret's best friend? <laughs> Yikes. Why do you why do you admit to that? I ran over the cat that you thought was missing. I lied to you and killed an animal you love. Brad, in the video, you can tell her her face goes from like just a range of emotions, mm -hmm. and it cuts before things get super real. Yeah, she's written so many love poems about this dude, she... and he's killed her cat. Would she? Why did he admit to that? That's like a good lie. You you should lie about that. Yeah. Just keep that a lie. There's no reason to admit to that. But I love the scale of the difference in their lying. Yeah. Her lying is just being, I guess, really shy about her creative writing. Um, and also just and being her, creepy. Yeah, like, she's written all of these yeah. poems about this dude. First of all, you know those poems suck. Of course they do. They're so horrible. Books full of poems? I, I don't even... There's and one she won't let... She won't... If it's something... She will not let him read them. No. Like, there's secret books. Like, don't... Whatever you do, don't read these books. He's definitely read those books. Those are... He's definitely read <laughs> those books. It's... If, like, I... That's... Is there a weird guilt that he confesses it? Is this... Another question I ask is... is Are these bookshelves actually like hope shelves? And it's supposed to be like her love poems that she's going to give to him when they get married or something? I I'm trying to think of a way that this is Why not... Why is she writing or... more than one poem about this? I don't get this shit at all. Her love is... Is uncontainable yeah. with the language. It, it just bursts out of her in the books. I Tons can't. Of them. I can't. What are all those other bookshelves? Like, if she cares that much about them, I guess she doesn't really care. She's not really going to care about him killing her cat. Oh, you, you know, in her face, you can tell. There's not only disappointment, but confusion. Well, the cat, like, how long has the cat been dead? Is this, like, a week ago? It doesn't this, say. Like, it, if this was a while back, who the fuck cares? Like, I don't understand why she cares this much about the cat or this guy, because I don't understand why people care this much about each other. Dude. <laughs> I just can't understand that. Well, I guess he's kind of in a similar boat, because to him it doesn't matter. He's like, yeah, I killed your cat. I know that's a big deal to you, but it's a cat. Yeah. Secrets, man. I think it's creepier that she's written more than, like, a book's worth of poems about this guy. It might just be two books. I mean, she said Even says so. <laughs> more than a book on... What? You've never written... You've never filled an entire book cover to cover with, uh, like, love poems or stories about the person that you you love? Never. Never. I haven't either, but, I mean, I, so, I never even, someone I've, has. I never even filled an entire book with notes and our work on, like, one project I was writing. To, to develop to devote something entirely to one subject is insane. Or love. Mm. Maybe we just don't know how it works. Mm. But I will say the things that Post Secret are doing on this website are amazing because of the secrets that these people share with each other. And it's weird that in front of a camera, people will tell their, I guess, darkest secrets, and that how they define secrets is very different. For example, a lot of the Post Secret things, people are they won't say it out loud. Are, they won't say it on camera, so they'll like sneak off camera for a second, and like the camera's just like filming, unless it's background, and you'll hear them whisper it to the camera, and then they'll jump back from the camera smiling, like that's protecting them. Like someone else told you that they were gay, not me, not me. That's smiling on the camera right now. Oh my god! How... Hey, I slept with a guy and I liked it. Back in frame, smiling. Who said it? I don't know. It... Who said it? You're not the me. Worst. You're the worst humans. First of all, why are you telling your secrets to a camera? <laughs> They're secrets. If you're telling them you can't, they're not secrets. They're just shit you ain't told anybody. Hollywood, man. It's, it's This is just it's shit you have not, not told yeah. anyone. 
Another one was this one guy said, um, I lie to my family back east because um, they think I'm successful out here and I can't tell them I'm not. Just some hipster kid just like making up elaborate lies back home about how he's <laughs> an entrepreneur, a, a mogul, if you will. Oh, just some bum on the street, just some kid. Why? Oh, Can't confess that home back east, man. You're too close to your family. They're not close enough. You would think. I see. I don't, lying understand, to I don't understand any of these people. Like, uh, like, like, how is that a personally? Secret? That's like, just you lying, dog. I, yeah. Like, I, I don't even like why. That's why is even worth it. Why is it worth the effort? Like, you care about your family's opinion of you so much that you're gonna like create an elaborate ruse. But like, oh fuck. It's not worth the effort. I don't even... I, I'm trying to think of secrets that I even have. I mean, I guess it's just truths that you don't want other people to know. Not to deconstruct secrets to a point, mm-hmm. but it's just... After seeing this video, I don't know what's real anymore, Brad. I don't know what's a secret and not a secret. Uh, if you're if you're going around telling to a video camera, it's not that great a secret. You just want people to... It's something you just, for whatever reason, have not told people. Because if it's a secret... You keep that. You keep yeah. that. You keep a secret. I killed a guy one time. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> Which means I have to kill you too. <laughs> but, but that's, that's how secret works. But work. that's involving them in the secret at that point. They should be honored and flattered that you would, ex- you know, yeah. express such a deep thing to them. No, they shouldn't. They should be worried for their own life. Well, I mean, yeah, but... Why? Why? Well, I don't understand. I don't get Dude, it. Dude, I don't get it I don't either. get it. I don't get it. Another another quick thing that happened there, in addition to asking people what their secrets were, they also asked them, hey, if you could wake up anywhere in the world, where would you wake up at? And some of the answers people gave were just ridiculous. Oh. There, there was one guy who took up at least a minute in the video, just not answering the question. It may have only been 30 seconds, but it seemed like an eternity. He was just like smiling at the camera, looking off like, I don't know, I don't know. I, I don't, that's, that's a good question. That's a really good, um, uh, I don't want to say it. And they're like, oh, I'd say he's like, no, I, it's just, it's, it's corny. It's, it's, I don't want to say it. It makes me seem like I did. They're like, we'll say it. And he's like, I'd want to wake up beside my girlfriend in the morning. And it just kind of, and he's like smiling, looking at them and it lingers for a minute. And I'm like, fuck you, post secret. That was lame. You should have told him to shut up and walk away. He wasted yeah. one of the 50 on that. Bullshit. Uh, but all of them were like that. I want to wa- wake up in a room full of money. I don't know, what? It's bull- like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it's- it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not a real thing. I don't care what you want. I'm not you, and I don't care about your wants. And the music they score this with makes it sound like it is one of the most important things ever. Like, asking someone where they want to wake up in the morning is, I mean, that's a that's a question we don't really tell everyone. It I might be a secret. I, I want to wake up on the moon. On the moon. That's where I want to wake up. On the moon. It's my dream. It's my secret. Wow. We have so many dreams. We should pat ourselves on the Hey, no one cares where you want to wake up. Fuck you. You'll die on the moon. There's no air. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess what? You didn't wake up because you're dead. It's never going to happen. It's physically impossible. You won't wake up. You'll be dead. Humor me for a moment, Brad. Secret. My boyfriend, he wants to wake up next to me, but I'm too busy out banging somebody else <laughs> while he's recording a shitty video. Secret goodbye. It's me. There's a reason. <laughs> Who said it? I don't know. <laughs> Could have been anybody that had my voice. E. Brad, where would you want to wake up tomorrow morning if you could wake up anywhere? Um, if I didn't wake up in my bed, I would be terrified. But okay, obviously. Um, but if you could wake up anywhere tomorrow, where would you wake up? 
In a room full of money. Really? Yeah. All right. With lax security. <laughs> okay. All right. That led to my apartment. My answer to the question was, wherever I'm needed. <laughs> what if you woke up nowhere? <laughs> At least you'd know. Oh. <laughs> How can you even answer that question seriously? Existential distress. Yikes. Uh, then I have some secrets to reveal. But, um, yeah, guys, you got to get on this. Um, I don't even know if we can link to it, but I'd, I'd definitely say Google it. It is hilarious. Interesting, but in a way that's just... Uh, All right. Yeah. 50people1question.com is the website. Yikes. See what you can do. Brad, I, I cannot wait to hear real stories, real secrets and tribulations of one George Washington. Well, I think I think we're going to make this into a larger segment okay. of the show for this episode. It's um, a really special, because I think we had a lot to talk about on the, on the subject of books and literature in general. Yeah. So I figure this will, we're going to have to step into the larger locks literary <laughs> lounge. Oh. Oh. It's like a book club, but classier. Yeah. Because that's how we roll things here. I know we'll work on the listeners' part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, I, I dig this. All right. So, well, I, I think first off, yes, we will talk about George Washington. Good news, everyone. I finished the George Washington book. Congratulations, Brian. <sighs> I know it was a chore for you, and I know it was stressing you out. It's, I mean, no, and I gotta say, like, Ron Chernow, he's a fine writer. It's a, it's a good book. It is. It's just George Washington is not a likable person, and that is very flummoxing and distressing. I mean, if he was just a better person, and, like, better at things, I, the world could be a different place. <laughs> a better place? But he's not, and people hold him up on a pedestal, and it's just not worth it at all. There, there's so many tales to tell. First of all, Benedict Arnold, that whole story is amazing, because George Washington was a fucking idiot. Benedict Arnold made a deal with the British to screw over the American Revolution, because Benedict Arnold was all bitter because he'd, he hadn't gotten promoted as much, he'd gotten like, shot up, terribly injured, and got passed over for promotions, and he was, just, he was pretty much just bitter at the American army, so he's like, all right, I'm gonna screw him over. Work with the British. We all know the story. He'd always wanted to be like put in the front lines, you know, put me into battle. Let me, let me in the mix. So all of a sudden he goes to Washington. It's like, hey, um, let me just go work at, um, let me go work at West Point. I'll uh, get things ready there, you know. I'll, I'll help, uh, I'll help set things up. And Washington's like, oh, what a change of character. Well, sure, I can put you in, in, in charge of that project. Not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. It's like, yeah, um, go there. Oh, we really need you to um, make sure that all the uh, defenses are, are more secure. Oh, I'll get on that. Idiot. And of course he's taking down defenses. Like, that's what he's doing. And, like, he's got, he's uh, created this elaborate ruse where he's, um, where he makes it look like he's got a bunch of people working for him and doing things, when in reality, they're not really doing anything. They just look busy. Well, who are these people? Were they Americans that were getting bamboozled? Like, were um, they too, like, I don't know why I gotta take off this, like, I guess... <laughs> I, I really... Do the shutters need to come off these windows? <laughs> I, yeah, I want you to take those shutters because they're thinner and replace them with the thick shutters on the back of the building. But yeah. But not any shutters on the back. Exactly, like, all oh, kinds of bullshit going on. They must be in the basement. <laughs> I mean, it is so ridiculous. And, like, and like no one's questioning anything. And all of a sudden, like, Washington writes to him, he's like, oh, um, by the way, I'm gonna be coming up that way. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll... I'll be staying with you, and uh, I want to I take, um, you know, take a look at the defenses. And he's like, "Oh, crap! This is happening a little sooner than I thought." So of course, you know, he writes to his, his you know, British cohorts, and he's like, "All right, Washington's gonna be in. We can get him." Because they're like, you know, we kidnapped Washington. This thing is gonna over. Easy cakes, no problem. All right. Unfortunately, there was like some hiccups in the scheme. Um, I'm saying unfortunately, unfortunately for America. <laughs> um, 
I'm unfortunately for the British. Um, for British imperialism. Man. That's how much it's I hate just... George Washington. <laughs> um, no, uh, but like somebody, they, somebody gets intercepted. Ben Donald finds out about it and it's like, oh, fuck. Well, they definitely know I did this. I'm screwed. And his wife had been helping him, obviously. Like, and she was completely in on it. It's very obvious that she was working in the system, like, d- delivering letters, delivering things. She was well advised of the scheme. Could not be more obvious that even, even from outside, you're like, oh, well, if he's a traitor, clearly she's in on it. Because, I mean, come on. Yeah. He was a very obvious traitor. So Washington, he's up there, you know, he's like, what have you been doing to fix the defenses? It seems like nothing's been done at all. Hmm, this is strange. Well, I guess that's just the way it is. Didn't think anything of it. All the time, he's like, Benedict Arnold is acting really weird. He's, he's like, supposed to meet him at breakfast. And, like, he um, shows up late, and he's like, well, that was strange. And he's like, um, so can we uh, go out and take a ride? And he's like, yes, but I have a meeting, um, and I'll meet you uh, before lunch. And Washington's like, well, this is strange. Who is he meeting with? Hmm. Oh, well, a thousand signs. Washington has no clue. <sighs> so eventually, like, in the afternoon, Benedict Arnold finds out that they've captured, you know, the British people that he was working with. And he's like, oh, fuck. Well, it's done for me. So he, he, he tells his wife. They, they say, they, like, the people necessarily heard a scream. And basically, um, after that, Ben McDonald was missing. So basically what happened was he's like, all right, look, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Because I'm about to be captured and killed. Play dumb. <laughs> <laughs> do what you have to do. Play crazy. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. So here is the game that Mrs. Benedict Arnold, who is awesome, played on Washington and his peoples. She acted completely bonkers. And not only that, she disrobed and she left. Well, she was just wearing like uh, like a little uh, dressing gown that she was leaving completely open. Whoa. And he apparently had a very attractive wife. So part of the ruse was to like just seduce them a little bit. So it's like um. So Washington and Green are like, oh my gosh, oh. Miss Miss Arnold, um, oh. Miss Arnold, please. Oh, well, clearly, clearly, her husband must have told must have told her about his tra- traitorous activities, and she had a mental breakdown. Obviously, because she's talking crazy, and look at her, she's barely clothed. Let's get her up to bed. And Like, what was she saying that was so crazy? She was saying, like, she said things like irons were falling on her head from, <laughs> from, um, and that Washington was trying to kill her and her husband, and... You could only get away with that shit back yeah, then. Yeah, like, and like, oh, my baby's head is exploding. <laughs> like, just saying crazy shit. And it was, she was, and she was going half clothed and carrying her baby around. Be like, I'm just a poor mother. Oh no, what has happened? The most obvious bullshit shenanigan lies. <laughs> and of course, Washington and Green are like, oh, poor Miss Arnold. She clearly must have just found out about her husband's terrible activities. Because that's the oh. only explanation for this. Not that she's fucking lying to you. Yes, and it's so odd. Like, how could she not know? You fucking idiot! She's been there with him the whole time! Did her servants not be like, well, wait a minute, guys. Um, she was in on it. She, now, she might be crazy, but oh, that's, this does such... not have anything to do with it's... her husband just coming out. Yeah, and then, and then, like, well, um, and so then the next day, she's fine, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's a 24 hours. She, she recovered overnight. It was just the, stra- the mental strain of finding out her husband had betrayed the colonists. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, well, Miss Arnold, what what would you like to do? We'll we'll gladly either send you on your way so you think you can be with your husband if that's what you choose, or we can send you back to your father, um, wherever. And she's like, oh, well, I would never want to be with my traitor's husband. Just send me back to my father. I'll be fine. 
Got away scot-free. <laughs> laughing the entire time. Laughing. Like, oh, that dummy Washington. Wow. Yeah. Temporary fit of insanity. Yeah. Also, Lying. Yeah. Also, let's talk about Washington's mother again. Oh, no. Oh, my God, this bitch. So she's complaining that she's not getting enough financial support and that her, that, um, her son has left her destitute. And she, she petitions Congress if they will give some money to her cause because she's left in poverty by her son that doesn't care. Complete bullshit! <laughs> was this like his first year of presidency? Well, he wasn't even president yet. This was still during, um, uh, this was still, the war still on. Oh. Yeah. Huh. She thought she could, she could walk in there and ask for money. Yeah. Like a handout. Yeah. Did it work? No, because why? Because somebody was like, um, hey Washington, uh, just so you know, we got this crazy letter from your mom saying that she's poor and you won't help support her, and she's gonna starve and die. Um, we just thought we should talk to you about it before uh, this became public knowledge. She's like, what? She said, what? Ah, oh, fucking bitch. And so he writes a letter to his brother. He's like, hey, would you go over and check on my mother and see what the fuck she's bitching about with her house and her slaves and her plantation and all this money she has um, and see what the hell she's complaining about? And they're like, yeah, we'll take care of that. Like, and then she tried to do it again after he became president. And he's like, look, you got shit. Like, you're not rolling in money, but you're fine. You're just not as rich as you'd like to be. <laughs> Which nobody was. I mean, fuck. It's rich it's, mean back then. Yeah, it's like... Ugh. And Washington didn't have a lot of money? Fuck. It's crazy. Poor George. Well, not so much poor George. Because I mean, there's, there's one other thing I'd like to get into, and that's the subject of slavery. <sighs> what happened? George, you fucking ass. Let's, um, let me say this. Um, first of all, Lafayette is fucking awesome. He is the most badass of badasses. There's a good reason that everything in this country, there's like Lafayette's everywhere. Because he is an awesome badass. Cool name. Indeed. Fought in the Revolutionary War. He was super against slavery, and he was always constantly talking to George Washington like, Hey, why don't you get rid of your slaves? You know? You're, you're like a huge figure. If you got rid of your slaves, that would move the country against slavery. And then we could get rid of all the slaves in this country. And Washington always like spoke a good game about getting rid of slavery. He wasn't really racist in the point of view of like thinking uh, black people were inferior. He just thought it was inconvenient to get, to get rid of slaves. Because he needed them to work his farms. Right. But he didn't like slavery, mainly because um it was just, ah, it was just an expense he didn't like. Are you quoting it now? Even before the war, Washington felt burdened by slavery, not so much on moral grounds, but as a bad economic system that saddled him with high fixed costs with a large, sullen, and inefficient labor force. Washington prided himself on a, being a progressive, up-to-date farmer, and thought that human bondage mired him in an antiquated system. Without close application, he said, Virginia states were forever doomed to lapse into debt, as Negroes must be clothed and fed, and taxes paid, whether anything is made or not. Washington. God damn it. Um, let's go to another happy quote of Washington on slavery. Despite his theoretical opposition to slavery, he cautioned his overseers against the idleness and deceit of slaves, if not treated with a fine hand. He was constantly on guard against inept overseers, whom he thought were too lax in dealing with slaves. If overseers weren't up, up with the sun, he warned, slaves would sleep late, loaf, and cost him money. Washington, you are a dick. He's awful, right? It's so weird to think of 
slavery in modern terms. Not that it doesn't exist. I mean, it still exists in the world mm. at various degrees and levels and even different types. But back then, I mean, to hear someone say things like that, yeah. it's just, it's almost alien to think about. Isn't it, though? But the thing that bothers me is it's like, it's much easier when you can think of it, when you think of people as, like, seeing them as not equal, which was something that developed really much later. That is interesting, too. Yeah. You don't really, I mean, from a historical point, well, did that come from, did they look at, did they look at them? Because these were also slaves from Africa and maybe di- different parts of... I guess parts of maybe the South America, the Caribbean. Um, did they view them as people? Yes, that's the thing. All right, a lot of that mindset really came out later on, like when as more of a um, a push against. I mean, there were definitely people that did think that way, I was, but that was not the majority of people. Yeah, the only reason I say that is because I haven't read anything about it in a while, mm-hmm. and I I could kind of see the backward logic, and again totally backwards and stupid and ridiculous right. of them thinking, well, they're not people, so, okay, they're slaves. Yeah. So when people started being like, no, wait, obviously these people are human beings, they're like, oh, all right, but they're different. They're not equal to us. I can see them moving that goalpost, but if, I mean, obviously they're human beings, why would you enslave people? That's just and, weird. And again, that's what I'm saying. The, the George Washington doesn't see them as, as being anything less than regular human beings, except he owns them. And like he, he's like, okay, and, he's, and he, he thinks it's terrible that they are slaves, and he wishes there wasn't slavery. But, but I own you. But too but bad. You're mine. Hey, you're it's stuck inconvenient. With me. We're stuck with each other, all right? And he doesn't like the fact that it costs him money. He's like, I'm losing money on the deal. I gotta feed and keep these people. At one point, Washington had like 200 slaves, and like 92 of them were either elderly or children. Wow. Yeah. And there was this whole thing where, like, he had, like, this... And he would definitely keep... All, he would, Wait a minute. What was that number you said? 92? 92 were either... And most of them el- were elderly no, or nine, children. Out of 200. Out of 200, 92 of them were either too old or very elderly, like, barely able to work, or children. I w- I'd want that number broken down again. I want to know how many are kids and how many are olds. Yeah. Because that's what happened to his slave population at that point. That's that's the thing. I mean, yeesh. that's That's going to cost you money. And that's a thing. Um, but then there was, like, people like, um, Billy Lee was, he was very close to that slave. Like, he was with him the entire Revolutionary War. They had, like, a very close friendship. At one point, like, he lost the ability to use both of his legs, and Washington basically, um, um, got him apprenticed to, like, a, a cobbler. And so Billy Lee spent, like, his last years making shoes so he could have something to do. Making Washington money. Right. But also, you know, comfortably yeah. doing a task. But, like, it, he didn't just, like, you know, leave him to die or anything, because it was his favorite piece of property. Um... Yeah. Okay, now here's the story that disturbs me beyond any other story about slavery. I've been saving this. All right. So Martha Washington had, like, a favorite female slave. I cannot remember her name. Oh, well. It was, like, her personal slave. She, you know, helped her, you know, did her hair first thing in the morning, combed her hair. Very, very close. This was, like, her main servant. It seems like Martha Washington thought of them almost as pets. <laughs> uh, because she one day she's brushing her hair... And, like, they, they they really cared about each other much. This woman, you know, she loved Martha Washington, you know, thought of her as, like, you know, a mother figure somewhat. And at one, one day she's, you know, brushing Martha Washington's hair as usual, and Martha's like, oh, you're such a, you're such a wonderful, you know, help to me. Um, I just want you to know, um, I've just remade my will, and when I die, I'm leaving you to my niece so-and-so. Thing is, this niece was a bitch. And everybody hated her, and this woman was, like, terrified. She's like, oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> um, so that's when she started plotting to escape. Yeah, and this was um, near the end of Washington's presidency. And so she's like, oh, fuck, if we go back to Virginia, there's no way. 
Like, if I'm here in Philadelphia, I can blend in with free black people and, like, be okay. But if I go make, if I go back down to Virginia... It's over. It's over. I'm gonna be owned by this bitch! So, of course, she plots to escape. The Washingtons cannot understand why she would ever escape. They're like, oh, well, she must have been seduced by some man. Because <laughs> there's no way she would leave, you know, of her own accord. There's n just no way. So they put out all these notices. It's like, hey, figure this out. Washington completely abused power. It's like end of his presidency, and he goes to like um like the head of the treasury. I need you to, if you've got a guy um on this in this part of Philadelphia, I need you to keep him a lookout for my runaway slave, because I need to get her back. She's she's Martha's favorite. We have to get her back, and we need to do this quietly. <laughs> Don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I'm sure she's been abducted by some man. <laughs> Probably traveling with a man. She yeah. might be crazy. From my own experiences, she might have her blouse open. Oh. She might be cradling <laughs> her child. Oh. Look for those signs. The one reason we want to keep quiet is we thought, well, maybe she met some man, he got her pregnant, and she's, she's running away with him oh, no. to have a child. She's going to shame the family. Well, she, she can't go to Martha and be like, I'm pregnant now, I'm your favorite. Well, no, no, no. You, the thing is, like, it would look really bad for him trying to get off a woman that had escaped slavery, you know, the present, as a, a slave. Um, that's pregnant with child and is trying to be free with her husband, mm. that would look bad on him. Don't get that in the papers. Right. Because, again, there is a lot of pressure, you know, to make some sort of statement to end slavery. Always in America. Like, this didn't, this didn't wait till the 1860s. This shit from the get-go, there was a huge push. Of course, she wasn't pregnant, and it wasn't some guy. She just didn't want to be owned by a bitch. And so eventually, um, this, so, this woman that was, like, a friend of the Washington family, um, which happened to be in the city and spotted her and went over to her and was like, what are you doing? Why did you run away? You had such a good life. And she's like, look, I, I love the Washingtons. They're great people. But I was never educated. I never, I was never allowed to learn how to read. I, like, I've never had any sort of education, moral or, um, you know, just basic. I, I you know, I want to have some sort of opportunity for myself. I don't want to be owned. <laughs> Like, the most obvious statements in the world that the Washingtons could not wrap their brains around. Because she had a good life. She never had to do any of the hard work. She was a house slave. She had it easy. I don't understand why the slaves of the field would want to run away. I mean, they treated them like property. <laughs> but you had such but a good a house life. Slave? But you had such a good life. What happened, man? How did this end? Well, she, Not good, I'm assuming. No, she, uh, like, she eventually, um, like, a year later... Um, they tried to they tried to send somebody up there to to catch her again, and um, oh, at that point she had met go. someone and she she had just had a child. Oh. And then they're like, okay, and but they went up there and they tried to talk her into coming back. Martha and George. Was, yeah, no, um, like um, they sent um they sent Martha's um son, our grandson. If Martha had gone herself, she might have been able oh. to get her slave back. And it, and again, she's like, no, I have no intention of coming back. And of course, she was keeping a distance because she was afraid they were just gonna toss her on a boat. And at one point, like, they, they lured her in with a trap. This was the first time they tried to get her back. And she was like, look, um, I've, I've, got, I've got a kid. I just had a child. I've just gotten married. I've got a job. And the guy that was, like, supposed to get her, bring her back was like, oh, fuck, I can't do this. Just go. Just go. And he wrote to Washington. He was like, look, you should just leave her be. And, of course, Martha kept at him. He was like, no, I want my slave back. She's my favorite, George. And the thing is, John, Washington was against it because, like, it wasn't his slave to free. Because she was a dower slave. She'd come in from the Custis family. Mm. So it really wasn't Washington's property. And because of her being a runaway, under his care, he would have had to pay the Custis estate for the loss of the slave. Which is the real reason Washington tried twice to talk her into coming back. Because <laughs> cheap-ass Washington did not want to have to pay, like, $400 or whatever, you know, for the, sale, for the slave. 
Wow. Especially when he's not even using anymore. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well done on so, her part. And of course, when Washington died, um, he came up with this huge plan to free all of his slaves, which led to some hilarity that we'll get to. Um, now, Washington was try- had been trying to get rid of slaves, as I said, for a while, because of the cost involved, and, you know, with the, the young and the elderly, and it was just a lot of effort. And he theoretically didn't like slavery, kind of. Uh, so he's like, okay, in my will, I'm going to write it out, and we'll get rid of the slaves, and I'll separate the property amongst cause all, all the relatives, so that way there's less for me to even worry about taking care of. We'll keep the slaves until Martha dies, and once um, both of us are dead, then the slaves will be freed. So that way she doesn't have to worry about any of you know, the properties or anything. She doesn't have to worry about managing the money with that. She'll be taken care of, and then when she passes away, the slaves, our slaves will be freed. Except, of course, the dower slaves, which I don't really own. <laughs> um, Sorry. Which is like a fourth of the slaves. So I'm not really freeing all the slaves. I'm freeing the ones that I technically own. The rest of them will, be, of course, be split up amongst the Custis family. Wow. Which led to an awkward situation when George Washington died and his will was made public. And the slaves rejoiced in knowing that they, uh, most of them knew, knowing they would be free as soon as Martha died. <laughs> so they killed her. There was a fire that was attempted <laughs> in the house. <laughs> um, yeah, at which point Martha was like, you know what, I think we're just going to go ahead and free him early. Nice. Yes. Except, of course, the dower slaves, which then went on to the Cossacks family. Didn't get freed. And there was one guy that did. He tried to pretend, like, oh, no, I'm not a dower slave. No, George Washington owns me. What? Who? The, the da- Dowers? What? Don't even know what that is. No, I Washington bought me. Yeah. No, you are a dower slave. You belong to the Custis family. No. Mm-mm. I was like, no. Washington's like fourth ah. or fifth favorite. Ah. He me. owned me. Sorry, you're going to Jackie. Bye. Fuck. <gasps> Jackie. Yeah. That's awesome. They tried to set fire to the house. Yes. I can imagine them celebrating and like, all right, let's get rid of her. Yay! <laughs> Lock all the doors. Exactly. Martha, I just can't get it open, ma'am. I just oh, won't open. Bizarre. That's weird. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Free him early. Free him early. You know what? Get him out of there. Huh? Yeah. There was a, let me, a lot, their main chef. Um, also, um, escaped around the same time as that um Martha slave, whom everyone was again was like shocked because he was like this amazing chef and everyone loved him. But he had a lot of contacts in Philadelphia, so it was really easy for him to slip away. In fact, he ended up, um, he tried to get, I think he got his son out, but he still, he left, like, two children Mm. with the Washington's in slavery. And at one point, like, some, like, visiting dignitary visited was like, you know, do you feel bad that your father left you here in slavery and, well, he escaped? And the child was like, no, not at all, because he's free now. And it's like, fuck, god damn you, George Washington. (laughs) God, just... Fucking asshole! Because he's free now. George is like, alright. It's like, that poor kid, That like they're just so happy that their father is free, because that's how much slavery sucks. You fucking assholes. And all these fucking southerners, now they're like, the slaves had it pretty good, they were taken care of. Fuck you! That says a lot about their mentality, in general. It's like, oh, well, did you like to be a slave in the United States of America? <sighs> Fuck no. Fuck. No, no one wants to be a slave. Like, Oh my, like, we did that shit for so long. I mean, it's still going on in the world. Slavery is still yeah. a very real thing. Yeah. It's upsetting. Just upsetting. And all the bitches that were fucking all crazy about George Washington. All the, you would go to all these events and all these women would swoon. And I'm like, what is wrong with you bitches? <laughs> like, this is, a, this is a tall, weirdo, toothless old man that can barely hear. About it's a half-deaf, toothless weirdo. But, Giant. But he was the president of the United States Awkwardly of America. Awkwardly tall. President of the United States of America. Toothless. 
Death. Oh. You know, he had, he had a nice closed smile, you know, that could just stop your heart across the room. Also, he put up lying signs about where his house was because he got so many visitors after the war before he became president. Groupies, man. He would, like, put up fake signs. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> craziness. What a dick. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking one for the team and reading about George Washington. Now we all know. Now we know. Our first president, what a dick. But that's just the first portion of our of our Larger Locks Literary Lounge. Alex, I want you to tell me a story that happened to you recently. And try to give me a panic attack. <laughs> it was actually at an Oscar party, so um, that tells you how recently it is, I guess. Um, I was with a group of people. We were watching the Oscars. And I don't remember how the concept of books came up. Whether there was a movie that was based on a famous novel or something... Or there was an actor playing something. I have no idea. But someone brought up the, the, the question, how many pages do you give to a book before you write it off? Before you're like, eh, I'm not going to finish this, or this isn't really my game. I'm just going to give it to someone else or something. That's an interesting question. That is an interesting question. And when I was thinking about it, because there have been books that I've started reading and just stopped. Right. Uh, some I got pretty far in, but then something would happen. I'd be like, fuck this. Lord of the Rings being one of them. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, I think I've made it probably as far as like halfway through a book and then been like, fuck this, I can't. But I mean, you could go kind of like, well, there's different ways to answer it too. You could, you could say I got halfway through a book or right. like as far as like, but in general, that or yeah. like, but pages, if you're going to go pages, yeah. it's in like, general, well, what would you, what would you guess? Personally, I would say maybe 50 pages. Yeah. That's a, that's a good number. Yeah. I think I said 100 pages. Okay. Um, because there are some you get halfway through and you're like, eh, whatever. All right. And books can range. I was like, eh, you know, 100 pages or whatever. I, I would almost, I would say even like a hundred pages is, is quite a way to give a book. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're really giving yeah, it. Yeah, you're giving a, long a way. chance. Definitely. Um, uh, but no, I I learned that a thousand pages is about what you want to give a book. Before Ex- what? A thousand pages? Who? What human said this? Um, a librarian actually <laughs> said this. Oh, you mean a person that knows something about books? I wasn't sure how to take what she was saying. Now, in my mind, she had other things on her mind. Maybe she, uh, because she, she seemed a little distant during the whole thing. Uh. So when someone said something, she wasn't really thinking about what a thousand pages meant. But I thought, well, wait a minute. You are a librarian, and you yeah. know how long books are. There is no excuse. That's a complete bullshit lie. This librarian doesn't read. A thousand pages? This bitch does not read no, books. I, she ha- I know that she no, reads books. she doesn't. I don't um, believe you. But she had to have been confused. A thousand pages is insane. I think she's lying, because I don't think she reads. So you I re- think she just pretends to read books. I even I even questioned her on it and said, a thousand pages? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, how many, what? She's like, yeah, it happens all the time. All the time. You you start reading a book that's a thousand pages, and you get to the thousand page point, and you're like, you know what? No more. <laughs> I'm good. Well, see, the way you're trying to logic it, Brad, kind of makes sense, because I thought... How how many books can you name that have a thousand pages? I even asked her, what books did you read that a thousand pages into that then you quit reading? Yeah. Didn't answer me. Exactly. Now, thankfully, there was convenience. Exactly. There was the convenience. Bullshit. There was the convenience of the award show happening. Fuck that. No. That, it not an excuse. Up. But it stayed with me. I thought, she's a librarian. She's constantly around books. It's not like she can, like, just get confused about the subject of books. Her entire career, 40 hours a week plus, are devoted to books. So... My question was it because I tried to defend her in my mind. Can't. I, well, you can't really. Burn but, her at the stake. And There's I no wish, defending. I haven't talked to her since, and I, I kind of cannot wait to talk to I her. I want to be there. Uh, 
I will call the lying bitch out. We may have to make that happen. Please but, make that happen. I'll record it secretly. Um, but I thought, so are you telling me that you you don't, that you always give a book a chance? You read it and then read halfway back through it again if you don't like it just to yeah. make sure you don't like it? Is it one of those things? Yeah. And then it was just like a weird communication problem or what. That's the only way I can wrap my mind around it. Like, she will read a shitty book. If it's a 50 pages, which there's no <laughs> 50 pages, uh, she'll read it many times over. Many times. And then halfway through again and be like, you know what? After reading it again and again, I have to say that I absolutely do not like this that's book. I had my suspicions. Uh, you can give her all the bit of that. That's not what she said. That's not what she was saying. But it's you so... Know. Because here's the thing. Where are you reading thousand-page books? I've read a few. How many books on your shelf right now? And there's a, a whole oh lot on gosh. these two shelves. How many of those are a thousand pages? I would say maybe, maybe two or three, maybe. And those are like almost reference books in a point. Those like, are actual I, novels and or books. Again, this Washington book was epically long. 920 pages. Oh. She would have read all of it and then and a then few a more pages. More. Again, the first chapter. She's, she's going like, to read well, the index fully. She's going to read the uh, the intro again, the preface. Maybe the first chapter. Got to. I mean, you got to know if you want to, if you like this book or not. If someone asks you, um, Atlas Shrugged was about twelve hundred pages. See, that's that's one. All right, let me look at now. Let me go to the shelf. All right. All right. What, uh, what, what's American literature? Is that like a? Oh, well, that's that's a that's collection. A collection. That's a collection. So that doesn't count. All right, we're just gonna grab. Uh, I'm gonna grab the, the largest tomes I've got here. All right, I got a stack of books. Coming back to the couch. Uh, excuse me, friends. All off the top shelf. All at the top shelf. That's where the quality literature is. All right, so let's let's, right. let's let's play a game where we guess how many pages are in something. Because I don't how many. I'm gonna guess Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. This, this is the unabridged version, correct? Of course. Why would you ever? Why, anybody that buys an abridged version of a book needs to be burnt to the stake with this librarian. Um, what are you thinking? Seven hundred eighty pages. A thousand fifty. Wow. So okay. she would have she would have stopped. Let's see where she would have <laughs> stopped. Fifty pages left. Let's see where this stupid lying bitch is going to stop, all right? As he rode out of Barcelona, Don Quixote cast his eyes on the spot where he had been overthrown, saying, So Don Quixote's already been overthrown. She's like, oh, Don Quixote was overthrown? Hmm, I quit. Thousand, thousand, thousand pages. But that was barely a thousand pages. Yeah, a thousand fifties. All right, Alex, right, I'm looking here. Arabian now, Arabian Nights. Nights doesn't count in a way because it's a whole bunch of stories stringed together with a very loose plot of, ooh, I'm trying to save my life. I'm still going to try to seduce this prince or king. There are a lot of stories in here. How many? How, how many, many pages? Of how stories? many pages of stories? I'm going to say 857. I think what you mean is 591. No way! Okay. She's going to read it twice almost. But now I'm having trouble actually gauging how big these books are. Yeah, well, this is also very. Don Quixote is very thin. I mean, very that's thin something pages. else. A book can surprise right. you. Like, yeah. Is it like, a, what is that, Bible paper where it's like super yeah. thin? All right. And again, I'm trying not to count the notes or indexes. This had how many? 500 something? Pages? Yeah, 590. Wow. So but this is English translated, not that that matters. Um, Native son, Richard Wright. What do you think? 438. 484. Oh, very, very close. I, whoa, You're getting there. She would have read it two times over. Yeah. Though. All right, here we are. Let's dip into King Arthur, some Le Mort d'Arthur. Sir Thomas Mallory. What do you think? That's a pretty thick one. It is. 1,200. 795. No way. She's read it more than once. This lying cunt <laughs> of a librarian. Fuck this bitch. All right, now I've got the hardback, Power of One, Bryce Courtney. Awesome book. Great movie as well. One of my favorite movies. Johnny Clegg did the soundtrack. It's your world living it. What do you think? Um. 
four. Five thirteen. Wow. Where is this bitch reading these thousand page books? How can I be so How old? is she, what is she reading that's a thousand pages and then she stops because she's decided she's read enough? Fuck you lying See, bitch! <laughs> God, this pisses me <laughs> off because she doesn't read books because she has no grasp of how long a book is. She has no basis for understanding how long books are. That tells me that she doesn't read very many of them. And she's lying about it. And she's pretending that she does. Just be honest. I, I've i been to her house at uh, like dinner parties. Uh -huh. I've talked to her about literature. I know that she at least has a commanding knowledge of it. But how does she read them? But how can you be so off on page count? There are a lot of people that buy a lot of books and read about books and never read books. That's a thing. That is definitely a I, thing. I think it's awesome, though, that when I told you this story, because I was more confused about it. I was like, but kind of like, that's ridiculous. There's, mm -hmm. there, you've got to know how many pages are in books. Now, granted, we just went through all those books, and only one of them did I even guess even close to how many pages are in them. But you, it's hard to tell by paper. It's hard to tell by yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah. But, and, so, but from the books I have read, I can tell you pretty confidently how big they are. Yeah, but and you how know, many pages yeah. I, especially the books I have, I've read and been like, you know what, I'm not going to read anymore. I can tell you how far I got into them. You know what's a reasonable amount to read before giving up on a book. You aren't going to say something. That's like saying, how much How much money do they have in the bank? I'm not really sure. I'm guessing $10 billion. <laughs> Maybe 37 cents. You have a basis for a guess. I do understand You can make money. an educated guess. Yes. Educated guess. I just don't understand. Did you hear the question wrong? No. But the fact that I continued to press her a little bit and then she was like, I'm She's a liar. Stop talking about it. Why would you lie about something like that? Alex, we know a fucking asshole that carries around a list of books that he supposedly read that he hasn't read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he lies about it. Because he wants to sound smarter. And here is a larger issue that I'm going to. People are afraid of not knowing things. They're afraid of being seen as ignorant. And it's insane. People are not willing to admit that there's things they don't know about. And that's crazy. And they react against it. Because for some reason, it's a big fucking deal to them. Get the fuck over it, humans. If you don't know shit, admit you don't know it and find out about it. Don't lie about it. What's important in that, though, is that you shouldn't feel bad about not knowing it. Because if yeah. you genuinely have an interest when someone tells you... If someone says something that you're not aware of, if you're like... If you genuinely have an interest to know about it and not get oddly defensive, which is what yeah. happens a lot. Like, well, fuck, I don't, why do I even know about that? Just be curious about it. Just be, then don't that lie. person is not going to see you as dumb. They're going to no. be like, "Oh, well, if you didn't know about it here, let me tell you." Let about me it. share some information. And that being said, also people shouldn't. I guess if someone says, "Well, what is that?" You shouldn't look it down on them in a way. Right. Because I've had some people tell me some things that were very like, "What the fuck? How can you be an adult and not know this?" Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta be. They, they're asking you about it. Right. It's not like if someone asks you about it and comes at you with that, with that kind of thing, you've just got to be nice about it. Well, Don't belittle them to a point. Like if someone, for example, if someone came up and was like, "I didn't," who was the first president of the United States? A thirty-year-old came up to you and said that. You could kind of make fun of them in a I'm, way. No, no, you can feel. Do no, no, you can feel but free to belittle them and make fun of them. But if they're genuinely, honestly, like I had no idea for some reason, I never read anything about history, but it does fascinate me. Who was it? Maybe not dog him too much because they're are asking. At least they didn't I, like. Well, fuck. Why do I need to know about history? Again, yeah, that is bad. At that point, you'd laugh at them and be like, "You fucking idiot! You need to know about history." Because well, first off, George Washington was fucking horrible. <laughs> I mean, I I don't, I don't. I mean, again, if they don't know these things, they should know them. I don't see anything bad about you know talking down to them. That's fine. I just but learn the shit. Like you know, seek if, it out. If you want to make fun of them, make fun of them. That's fine. 
But don't let don't let other people don't don't let other people. I disagree to a point on that because don't let other people define you. It's like oh they made fun of me. Oh I should be hurt by that. Fuck it. Learn about it. Get over it. I okay. In an ideal world, surely that's how it should work. But at the same time, we are more curious than most of the people that I know. So for us to not know things would be weird. But most people that I talk to aren't very knowledgeable about anything. So it's mockery can often no mockery can often it be can, used, but it's not the way be it, used to make people realize they should know things and want to learn them. But we live in a, a society where people's egos are supposedly don't supposed care to be handled very delicately. Fuck their egos. Fuck that shit. It's not no. We're talking now. This it is a problem about tone. I, an argument about tone is bullshit. Ultimately, I've come across people can do it who. Um, asked me a question. Like, for once, I was on a date with this girl, Mm -hmm. um, and we started talking about history, and then she said, you know, I don't really understand why people are up on history. That's kind of weird. I mean, it happened in the past. Why should we care? And I wasn't sure how to answer her other than, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why don't you care about about everything that's ever happened in the past? Yeah, there's so many questions I had for her at that point. Like, well, how can you even say something so unintelligent, so uninformed? Right. And it really spoke volumes about her, which is why we kind of stopped it, and I haven't really... Right. We didn't date much longer after that. Right. Thankfully, she was cute, but that's besides the point. Um, but to get back to it, people, don't be af- don't be afraid if you don't know something. Just seek yeah. it out. And if, if you come at it from a genuinely, like, look, maybe I don't know about it, mm-hmm. what is it? Right. No one's going to think bad of you. No. And if they chastise you, fuck, who cares? You're learning about it, yeah. and that's what's important. Don't never fear the fact that you don't know something. Exactly, because the, the other thing that happens is people either lie and bullshit about, See, which is horrible, or they become apathetic douchebags. And this shit happens all the time, especially on anything political or economics. See, like, and that's when it does get a little bit weird. And I'm like, you people, you don't fucking care about anything. No, you're just afraid to admit that you don't know about it. Which you can easily learn about it. We have the internet. It's super easy to learn about anything right now. Also, not to say that people use the internet as a crutch, because I love technology, and it's also when we have this information that is just there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get panicked when the internet goes down at work, because mm-hmm. I immediately go to my phone to make sure, is, three, are, is the internet still there? As long as my 3Gs can connect, we're yes. fine. If t- two of those things are off, I then I get really worried. Yes. Because you have to have the internet. It's there. Like, all of our collective knowledge is there. <laughs> it's our second brain. It's our internet. Definitely. So you can easily look up something if you want to know about it. And I guess that may make certain people more casual to the fact of, like, actually dedicating information to memory. Um, but I have known people who are supposed to be experts on something, especially in technology, which constantly changes. And if you bring up something to them they haven't heard of, they get super defensive about it and weird. Don't be weird about it. It's cool. Like, you can look it up on the internet yeah. later. Just, I mean, just be honest with what you know don't, and what you don't know. Don't pretend to be an expert on something when you're not an expert. And don't pretend... That's weird. And don't pretend that something doesn't matter just because you're afraid to admit that you don't know about it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that matter, guys. And don't lie about books you've read, you <laughs> fucking assholes! God damn that bitch! <laughs> Again, so weird that for me it's just like what the just an odd curiosity and it works you to a rage. It does <laughs> like nothing else. Because why are you trying to project this idea that you are some like weird elite intellectual that's super literate and read on all this at shit at an Oscar party? At oh. an Oscar party where we are all just mingling, we're acquaintances slash friends. We're why would you even say something like that? Which remind I, I recently watched an episode of Hoarders, Alex. Oh fuck. <laughs> And they were book hoarders. Like, really? Filled with, like, I think it was, like, hundreds of thousands of books. 
Like, insane amount of books. Now, you can only read so many books in your lifetime. Yeah. Um, (laughs) if you're working really hard, you... I mean, if you're reading smaller books, you might be able to knock out a book a day if you did nothing else with your life. Some books, not all books. But if you even average just just a book a day, you're only reading 356 books a year. These were old people, and they were putting on this uh, this like this cloak of being like super intellectual. Oh, we know they they know so much, and this guy's it's just this like lie that he's creating for himself. Like, that gets into weird stuff about. I guess your ego and your yeah. psychology. But and but that's a thing. But but I mean, this is an extreme case. Yeah. But he's trying to put on this idea that you know, even though he's this gross hoarder that can't take care of his life, um, that he's just super literate and he's like a super genius with a crazy high IQ. Which IQ, by the way, IQ test means absolutely nothing. Absolutely. It's the most ridiculously flawed, messed up, ridiculous, stupid system. You can study for an IQ test and then score really high if you want to. Doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> Partially because you're studying for the test, right? And also, I mean, it's not a ju- you can't judge that. that. Yeah, it's time. not. It's not a. R- it r- is ridiculous. Yeah. whatever. Um, but this was the identity he made up for himself. So he just and he was crazy buying all these books and things. Obviously, they're not reading. I mean, I was questioning: Are they reading any of them? Well, the question is: How much substance are they reading? Exactly. Like, are they just reading a bunch of romance novels? Are you, I mean, are you reading? Like, are you reading young adult fiction? Because that's the other bullshit that <laughs> fucking pisses me off. <laughs> young adult, you're. There's no such thing as a young adult literature. It's fucking idiotic. It's an interesting marketing Everyone has always read books. We don't need special books for young adults. We have those. They're called books. (laughs) Why can't your kid read a regular book? Because he's fucking stupid. Read a real book. And you adults reading young adult novels? What the fuck is wrong with you? Pick up a real goddamn book. The thing that's interesting about young adult fiction, or any young adult books... Is the fact, and you said it, uh, but in a rage, so I'll, maybe we should dissect a little bit more. Go for it. Um, is that it's almost purely marketing. Mm-hmm. People created a niche for something. Like, well, these kids, they're not really going to want to deal with adult themes like adults would want to. Um, so, and I say that in, we have the classics. I think you mentioned David Copperfield once. We were talking, we've you, talked about this many times, guys. Charles Dickens, way. great for children. Yes. Like, there's fi- they're fine for everyone. Wonderful book but for they're, children. But they're very appealing to children. But it's very dated. Um, it's, it's not really not. modern. Um, yes, it is. You can't say that it's not, not dated. Now, I mean, as far as, like, characters and storytelling, no, it's not dated. There's nothing it's that, timeless. There's nothing that it's but like... there's a lot of things in there that I know at least people who were born in 1990, who are adults now, which terrifies me and freaks me out, they're not going to be able to understand a lot of the history minutia or even that time period. But you just take the slightest amount of effort to look it up. Well, okay, and that's a good thing. That's that's a wonderful thing. If you're in a, if you're if you're a young adult, um, and you're reading these books, like, well, what happened back then? Learn about it. I mean, that's I, a wonderful gateway yeah. into a wonderful part of history exactly. and learning. I mean, I could say if 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 maybe some children have more difficulty with Shakespeare because it takes a little bit of work to get into the language and understand what people are saying. It's easily done. I did it when I was in the oh, fifth and, grade. And they, it's not hard to do. And schools will try to help you do that to well, a point. Well, they do a really good I mean, job of course. It. But that's but another issue altogether. That's another issue altogether. But young adult books targeted toward them is an, and is an ingenious marketing ploy and something that's totally fabricated. It's an advent of the modern world that is weird but fascinating to look at. I don't um, know who it's... I, I just... Let, let, let me just say this about myself. Um, I was when I was in the third grade. When I entered the third grade, um, I like I always gone to the library like every week, 
Like, I love going to the library. And I think it was it was about the time when I entered the third grade, and I like I'd read like all the books like in the like the youth section that I had any interest in, and I was like journey like I wish they had more books, and then um, my grandmother was like, well why don't you get something out of the adult section, and I, I didn't even know it was allowed, <laughs> like in my mind it, like what, seriously I can do this? But those books are for adults and this books are for us. Like I was I just thought it was like okay kids aren't allowed to get something from the adult section in my mind as a child. I just thought that's the way it was. And then I was like, no, you can get whatever. It was like Christmas. <laughs> All the books in the world. And young adult novels, these things are gauged towards 12 to like 18 year olds. And that's the weird part. Uh, I was in the third grade. I didn't need this fucking weirdo nonsense bullshit step. Well, but then I wonder... If, because it's so modern, I mean, because it doesn't really have anything to do with, I guess, content. Right. Um, It's just geared toward, I guess, kids in school. Like, oh, I'm from... So I think that the real label of young adult, at least in a modern context, is, hey, are you in school? Are you still in grade school? These books take place during that time period. You might be into this because you can relate to it more. Because that's really what young adult books are, at least in the States. I can't think of a young adult book that doesn't take place in that type of setting. Like Harry Potter, for example, Ugh. young adult fiction, mm. takes place at a school. That's not for us. We're adults. Now, we, I guess we could read back and reminisce about that time period in a way, I guess, if you want to. But I think that's what they're targeting young adult books for. It's not just a mentality thing. It's not like, hey, look, you only have a limited vocabulary. Some people are going to, like, soft pedal it. Like, you're, you, okay, you want to read books will throw this kind of easy stuff at you. It's not that it's easier, it's just that it's rooted in a certain time period, at least in, I guess, the Western lifestyle. It's such a ridiculous nonsense. Is it ridiculous? Eh, at that point, why are you labeling it young adult? Just be like, this is a book. Why are adults reading all the non-adult, I mean, uh, all these uh, young adult books? Because that is a huge thing. Adults are primarily reading young adult books. And I guess it's the same reason why adults watch movies about kids in high school. Because a lot of adults, I guess if you're talking blue-collar, kind of mid-to-lower class, that was their best time in their life, Brent. They loved when they were in high school or when they were in college. So they want to read books about that time period? It's a very weird, kind of almost arrested development kind of feel. That's just strange. Hey, humans, stop being the worst. Stop! <laughs> just stop. stop being the worst! That being said, I, I recently talked to someone, and because I, I read the first game in the Hunger Game, the first game, the first book in the Hunger Game series, and I was reading it. Um, it was about a young girl, so I guess you would tag on the tag young adult. But when I was reading it, I never thought it was a young adult book. I thought, well, this is kind of like a pulpy kind of, like this is the equivalent of going to the movies and watching some action movie. Mm -hmm. It's not that great, but it's kind of it's got a fun pace to it, and it's interesting to think about this dystopian kind of future. But I wasn't really aware it was a young adult novel until someone said it, and then I thought, this isn't a kid's book. Because there's a lot of mature stuff that happens in there that children shouldn't be reading about. Whoa, don't say that. Well, Chil no. Because, well, mm. okay, then we got to get into the semantic argument, which is what I tried to get at earlier, is like, how do you, what's, how do you even gauge what's a kid's book and not a kid's book? I, I, to say that, there's a lot of graphic violence in that book, and it also might be because I, I guess I have a, a very, how would I say this, I, a developed imagination. So when they're describing things in the book, I immediately can think of things that are... I can picture it in my mind and think, wow, this would be pretty crazy if a child was trying to read this. But I guess they would do it on their own level. I, I don't... I, again, I don't think anything... I don't think anything should be separated for children. I don't think anything is too much for children. I think they can handle a lot more than people pretend they can handle. 
What, and they should. What's also weird on like a side kind of note, but also related to this, is how it's different in the states. Like, and this is lame, and I don't agree with this. Um, the weird thing, like, oh, kids, sex, we can't talk about sex in anything. Uh, that's insane. We can't talk about sex in anything. Um, but violence is fine. Violence is totally cool. Um, when in Europe and other parts of the world, they're like, look, violence is something we may want to soft pedal. Um, but sex, that's just being human. Yeah. There should be... I, I don't if you see... want to make an interesting argument, you could say that both of those <laughs> kind of come from the same thing. Like, violence is inevitable, and sex is something that we just do as people. Why are we censoring anything? I don't believe in censoring anything for children. Like, talk to the children. Like, be aware of what they're thinking and how they're thinking and help them along, but don't protect them from reality. I mean, the protect word hits it right on the head. Like, what? protecting them from what? Yeah. The real the reality? <laughs> from biology? From the human body? What? What are you protecting them from? Stop it. That, but that also weirds in a weird thing about adolescence and, like... Because I, I, I guess, in, at least in, again, in a Western sense, adolescence is a time of your life where you don't have to worry about reality. That's, it's, but, whoa, 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 it's a bu- bu- weird bu- bu- kind bu- bu- of, like... Bu- 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 but that is a projection that adults looking back on the innocence of their halcyon youths are completely putting on, because it's not real. Well, it isn't, but it's something that culture kind of does. Like, And I, that's something that's interesting in its own point, because that's something that's also new. Mm. Like, there was no adolescence. I mean, I guess... In Europe, when there was civilization or whatever, the upper class kind of had that. Like, all right, you know, dad takes care of all that stuff, and we stay at the house, and we read books, and we do all this other stuff. We'll have our coming out parties, and then we'll be adults when we reach a certain age. But the rest of the world didn't have that. Lower classes didn't have that. You were an adult pretty much. (laughs) You were expected to be able to handle everything from a young age onward. But that's only something that, I guess, wealth can give you, or at least security can I, give you? Not even, I don't even think even then. But like, why do we still hold on to it? It's why not, is it's that not something... reality at all. It isn't, but why do, Why does culture and society still want that? Well, because we all look back to our youth with like rose-colored glasses and think they're better than they were. Our youths were fun times, Brad, and we talked about yeah. the show before, but I mean, they were it's also pretty terrible. awesome now. <laughs> I mean, there was also terrible things. Of course, there's good and terrible things with every level yeah. of life. I look back at my youth, and like I think of all the awesome things... But there was also a lot of really horrible things in my childhood. And everyone does that. That, A lot of... Everyone. (laughs) A lot of getting thrown into piles of broken glass. And it's different for everyone, too. I I mean, it wasn't perfect. But yeah, we all look back on it and think it was great. And that's that's fascinating to me. Right. But, But why would we still try to make this artificial kind of, like, safe zone? For children, and not just safe zone, f- and to say safe zone, more of like a mentality safe zone, or it's, an educational level safe zone. But I think it's um, not only, but we can look back and think, oh yeah, everything was great. But we know we're looking back, and you know, thinking of the good things, forgetting the bad things, and looking back with rose-colored glasses. We're aware of the fact that everything wasn't that great, and everything wasn't that perfect. It's just our, you know, we know that, and you have to 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 at least be able to self-examine yourself enough to know that. And some people don't. And I think that's part of the problem. And they get caught up in this and they're like, I'm going ma- to make it just as... And everyone wants their kids to have a better life than they did. They want to make it as magical as they remember their youths being. But it's impossible because they were never that great. I mean, we're hitting on so many things here. It's almost impossible to digest this. I, I almost <laughs> feel we should dedicate episodes or at least have a more structured conversation. Because we're kind of giving away from some of the points I was going to try to make about it. Um... And actually tie it back into that whole genre of why do we even have things that right. we could label as young adult? Um, but this is spiraling out. Hey, hey, okay, reel it back, reel into, it back, the back in. into the books. Maybe, back into the books. Back to the larger locks literary lounge. Maybe be aware. 
uh, of books if you're reading them. Mm -hmm. um, Please read them. Maybe if you're stressed out at a party, don't say something just crazy about a page count to make yourself sound smarter, maybe, against <sighs> people who aren't judging you on your intellect anyway at this point. God. Because uh, that's weird. Stop living for other people. Stop living for other people. Just be a good human for yourself. And learn shit. It's awesome. And maybe not shelter children to the point where we have to give them their own <laughs> section of books. <laughs> maybe development children books because they don't know how to fucking read. What are colors? What are words? But once you get past that stage, guys, just it's all shoot everything for the sky. Shoot for the sky. Is there. It's all there. You can have it all. I don't even. And slavery is bad. <laughs> because there's also. Yeah, and slavery is also the worst thing ever. Um, Just putting a bow on it all. <laughs> Can I say one more thing really quick? Yes. Because it it was always weird because you hear people say, like, um, this happened to me a lot when I was a kid, or I heard people talk about this, and they said, when you know you're a kid, all you want to do is be an adult. So why wouldn't kids read adult books? Yeah. And then when you're an adult, all you want to be is a kid again, which never, that's never been in my, no. I was like, well, no, being an adult's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but the, maybe that's the adults doing that. Maybe they have to connect to these young adult novels. Um, for to be kids again, I don't understand it, dude. It's just crazy. Let's get Illyria on. I, <laughs> let's do it. Let's just have some form of escapism guys, for crying out loud. We, 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 the rage is vented. Now let's have some fun. Let's do it, Illyria. I think the first thing we want to say as we get started, um, nine eleven is not your fault. <gasps> thank God. Not your fault, man. It, not at all. Oh, you haven't figured it out. Thank God. Take all that weight. Wait, what? Huh? Nothing. I, I said thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate the sentiment. Again, all that weight on your shoulders, just take it just off, Take that man. off. Take that off. Shaking it off. Oh, I feel so much better now, you guys. You have no idea. Well, that's good. Nice. All right. Nice. Let's get started. I feel nice, too, yeah. about that. I, I, do, I feel good, too. Happy birthday, Piccolirio! Aw, thanks, you guys. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> As with all Ramjack birthday picks, they serve us roughly a month yeah. or so. Roughly. You know. Yeah. By the time this airs, it'll be your next birthday already. <laughs> Yay. That's perfectly fine. It's worth the wait. I am so happy that you agreed to watch this film. Oh, Claire's been push pushing this for a while. So. Yeah. <coughs> I went into it blind. Like, I didn't know anything about <laughs> it at all. I'd forgotten the title of the movie until we sat down. I was like, oh, okay. This will be neat. Oh, ah, Phantom of Paradise. Huh. That sounds good. This was a crazy film. Yeah, it blindsided me. It was, was not prepared for this. No, not at all. No, I did not expect any of it. You, you can't really. It's it's an interesting mix of Faustus, the Phantom of the Opera, Frankenstein, and <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show, maybe? Oh, yeah. Little, a little, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic times. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I was first introduced to this film uh, while I was listening to a podcast called Cue the Film, where uh, an internet friend of mine, Chris Chris from um, from England, um, also known on Twitter as CJJC, um, proposed it as a as, as a movie for his uh, for for he and his co-host to watch and mentioned the soundtrack on the show and um, I, I I procured the soundtrack from him mm -hmm. and I had to watch the movie after listening to this movie. <laughs> and it it the movie blew me away uh, to the point where I I've seen movies that kind of resemble this and I've always been like oh you know fun crappy movie and I, I may be in a minority here but I really think this movie is good. 
Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. This movie is good. This movie is 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 everything you would want from a fun, crappy movie, but it's good. Yeah. And this music is on point. And oh, it was oh. I, I I love it. I'll, I'll I'll never I'll never peer into someone's bedroom from a skylight the same way. <laughs> oh, none of us will. Man, that was so creepy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just I just love the idea. Just the idea of, of Paul Williams being like an evil supervillain <laughs> <laughs> instead of just a Muppet sidekick. Yes. Well, in my mind, Paul Williams is always um Caesar sidekick from the uh, Last Planet of the Apes movie. Oh yeah. Virgil, yeah. the science monkey. <laughs> Is he the one that says ape has never killed ape? Mm, oh, he might be. I, you know, he's the one that he takes them to like the uh, to the mutant um, underground lair to see the video of his family. Hmm. This whole it's place is filled with radiation. How do you know so much, Virgil? I read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the science ape. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's no science ape in this movie. <laughs> There's an amazing video of, yeah. of Paul Williams in the ape no, attire on Johnny Carson singing in, in the ape makeup with a cigarette. <laughs> it's great. That happens kind of at the beginning of this movie. Well, what are those people called? The uh, juice somethings? Uh, the juicy fruit. The juicy fruit. Juicy fruits. Mm-hmm. For, was not prepared for that. I wasn't sure yeah. what was happening when they first started singing. And those two, I guess, <laughs> backup singers, they had yeah. interesting chemistry. But the uh, yes. the bassist had a, a, just a cigarette hanging from his just mouth. hanging. Yeah. Yep. Smoking lazily. <laughs> oh. And there's so, there's so much going on on the sides, like with the other um, the other musicians. And they, they just, like, rape a girl, rip off her bra, and, like, <laughs> beat a bunch of guy out. It was like, the 70s, man. I'm like, because I was like, I wasn't sure, is this part of the stage show? Or are they just, yeah. what is this? Is this the movie? Is this the stage show? Is this the thing? What am I watching? It was good times. I love that it oh. does set that precedent for right. the audience. Like, you're you're not going to know what's going to happen all the time. And that's fine. <laughs> just go with it. It's cool. Yep. Yeah. Um... The uh, the entire first act where he gets ripped off, where Winslow Leach gets ripped off and uh, shows up all enthusiastic and full of vim and vigor to the corporate offices of Death Records <laughs> and, and gets uh, Keystone copped out of the building um, and then decides to follow Swan to his home. Uh, and all of a sudden... I wasn't prepared for a huge lineup of uh, potential singers who were, who, were, who were trying to get cast. And I did not expect there to be couch casting in this movie. <laughs> and it happened so fast. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? It's Oh, it's insane. And uh, <laughs> the best part is like, he's like, oh my gosh, they're doing this. And then he gets out and he comes back in drag. Yes, because he figured out the only way he was going to get to see Swan is if he gets to be one of the girls. Right, and because now, there's, there's no setup for that at all, I just yo. assumed that this was like a dream. Like he, yeah. was, <laughs> he was having like some nightmare that that he was going to be in with the girls. But no, this is just this is just what's happening. See, and I didn't realize that he came back on his own free will. I thought they had like yeah. captured him or something. Instead of kicking him <laughs> yeah. out, dressed him up like a girl and put him in the room. You want to see Swan? Here you go. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Also, why are Swan's bodyguards cowboys? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Why do they have on like weird under eye makeup? Yeah, yeah. It was the seventies, man. It was. It was Things the were 70s. different back then. Cowboys were out of work. Yeah, <laughs> harsh economic times. <laughs> they had to. They had to come into the city looking for henchman gigs. 
Yeah. Oh. They had to be muscle and button pushers. Uh, blue boxer shorts. Very, very large blue boxer shorts. A mental image that oh, yeah. suit gave me. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, just, just, sorry, to back up. Um, yeah. Early on when we have like, um, what is it, a Philbin. Yes. Pulling oh, yeah. right-hand man. Yeah. Like he's talking right to the camera because we can't see... We can't see no. Swan. We don't want to find out who it is yet. No, we don't. We gotta save the big ominous reveal. <laughs> um, but it's like this weird, like talking right to the camera, and I'm thinking oh, we're in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Morse time, Just right at us. Yep. Uh, what I thought was really weird is that he goes through this whole spiel about how this girl, you know, crossed him and this, that, and the other, and then we never hear about her ever again. Yeah. Ever. I just like and I thought this didn't was gonna be like a repeating to, cycle. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it would come back, and maybe I didn't pay enough attention to those headlines on the you know newspaper. Maybe there was a little blurb about some girl that disappeared or something, and I didn't pay enough close attention to it. But boy, that whole thing I thought was gonna lead somewhere. Yeah, and that is weird because I mean Swan has contracts with everyone who's ever gone through his thing. I mean, yeah. how was she untouched by a contract? Yeah, that's weird that she sued them and this and that. You know, I kind of want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Just some of the random stuff that would happen before he actually goes into uh, Swan's giant mansion manor for that, uh, I guess, casting thing. Um, when he gets out of that taxi that he paid to follow the Swan's car, <laughs> yeah. he makes a beeline for the wall and just hops it. Yes. No second guessing, no assessing <laughs> the situation. He's just like, oh, wall, over it. And I think- I'm going to stroll right up to the door and, oh, no, they might see me right here in the open. <laughs> I'll jump behind this tree really quick. Yep. Tiny little tree. I think this is, I like, really, there's a lot of fault to be put on Winslow's shoulders. <laughs> I mean, granted, Paul Williams has got to deal with the devil, and he kind of is the devil, and also yeah. not the devil, but dealing with the devil. But I, we, we, you can't explicate. Winslow, he, he's running into this head forward. Yeah. He's like, here's all my music. <laughs> we'll work it out. What does that say? I mean, because that's how it is most of the time, though, in the music industry. You know, you got your, you got some kid with a lot of heart in his music. Oh. Doesn't even think about it. Just no. jumps over those walls, gets in a dress to meet the, <laughs> the, the big producer. And I pretty mean, soon he's made a deal with the devil. Yeah, that happens mm-hmm. all the time. So that's very interesting, I mean, the movie tactic. I want to know where he got that purse. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I really, I just want to know if we could have just seen the little clip scene of him getting this outfit together. <laughs> yeah, chloroforming some poor <laughs> woman and... Taking her giant dress. Oh my gosh! Her... You realize this means there's some woman that came to an audition that woke up wearing that shitty turtleneck. <laughs> no. Uh, and did he have one of those jackets that you wear like a cape? Oh, that's what he had on. <laughs> I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fashion was yeah. so all over the place, and it was hard yeah. to like pay attention because there was so much just trying to distract you in any group scene. Yes. So I can't remember if he was wearing the cape or not. I. I remember a lot more about some of the other people's outfits. Mm-hmm. I think at that point he was he was rocking the turtleneck and sweater combo, which everyone loves. Yeah, that was something else. And he walks up the flight of stairs and and, and hears um, Phoenix singing, and yeah. becomes a giant creep all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, he does. He held that hug way too long. Yeah, awkward. Way hug. too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you do if some guy was just right beside you and said, "Do it again"? Excuse me, who are you? No, no, sing. Just go ahead, do it. Do it. Just do it. No. Uh, um. Oh. All right. No higher. Lower. No. Almost there. Okay. You can make music. Okay. Thanks. What about that girl behind them with the really yeah. curly hair that was all like <laughs> peeping in on there? <laughs> who are you? Do I look like a kidder? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I wrote this. You were so important. Why aren't you in there? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Call him and calling him out because he's a yeah. crazy person. Because in reality, he didn't write this music. <laughs> <laughs> he's just crazy. <laughs> No, I think the madness comes later. Well, the violence was always there because he jacks Philbin up against the wall at one point. Remember? Yes. Because he's just like, yes. those juicy well, folks are never going to get their hands on my music. Oh, my gosh. What a snob. Yeah. It's really just homophobia, really. Those <laughs> <laughs> juicy folks will never get their hands on my music. Well, doesn't Swan, when he sees <laughs> yes. a dude in that dress, be like, get that fag out of here. It's like, whoa. It was the 70s, man. <laughs> I love that you're just everything hilarious. Hey, Dude, it was the 70s. I mean, that's just how they roll. It's a different like, time. It was a crazy time. Cowboys were running wild. Home, it was homophobia and cowboys everywhere. Yes. And never <laughs> to meet. <laughs> that's why Brokeback Mountain yes. changed lives. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Ang Lee. Thank you, Ang Lee. I didn't realize that until just now. Mm, wow. That's what it was about. It was a commentary on the 70s. I've learned so much this you evening. You have. You've learned it all. <laughs> yeah. But poor, poor Winslow. Oh. Yeah, Winslow just gets jacked. Those cops, jackbooted thugs, jackbooted thugs. It's like, oh, they, oh, this guy's wearing a dress. Oh, what's in your bag? Isn't maybe these drugs we're putting in there? Gotcha. <laughs> but he can't see because he doesn't have his glasses on really well, which I think I know too much. Just like, don't take advantage no. of him. There's a man who got. I have to up. wear glasses all the time, or people are just blobs and blurs. Mm. Uh, the first thing I do when I wake up is put my glasses on. If I were beat up in a bush, the first thing I would do when I regain consciousness <laughs> yeah. is put my freaking glasses on. Though I don't know if really seeing them put the drugs in his bag would really change his defense any. Probably not. Ah, uh, true. So he gets sent to Sing Sing, obviously. <laughs> and before that, before that, before that, I want to talk okay. about this trial. You know, being from another place, oh, yeah. Canada, uh, I need to a, a little bit of fact checking. From both of you, American friends, all right. um, do do all American courthouses look like that? You have a giant American flag behind the judge. Yeah, I actually, I probably most of them, a lot of them do. Awesome. I would not be surprised. We what love America. Was it just like a solid black room, kind of void? <laughs> you can't really tell where the walls are, or if there's any corners in anything. Giant American flag, because that's all you need. Right. And then a judge who tells you what's up. And then a judge that pretends to serve the law. Yeah. That's well, America. Yeah. Awesome. A lot less rule of law, though. Now, Sing Sing has a volunteer program where you can have all your teeth pulled out. Okay, now this proposes a question, because we discussed this watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Does he lose his voice from having his teeth taken out? I think he loses his voice when he falls in the river after the record press accident. Oh! I thought it, see, I thought, it was the, I thought it was the record press incident. But he doesn't say anything after he gets the teeth ripped out. So maybe they took his tongue and his teeth? No, his tongue was there. Okay, all right. Alex, you lose. <laughs> Sorry. I guess his tongue is there. I, I just yes. didn't understand why they took his teeth out, but now I'm realizing it's only to make his teeth look silly. Just to make him are, look more like Darth Vader. The teeth are where infection comes from. Oh, that is true. Mm. Truth is You must avoid infection at all costs. It's true. <laughs> Poor guy. He didn't volunteer. <laughs> I, I didn't volunteer. Oh. I'm innocent. I love that the, the, yeah. the question is, yeah. it's not like you didn't volunteer. Oh, it's, oh, you say you're innocent? Huh. Everyone says they're innocent. Yeah, but I didn't volunteer. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that anymore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> His method of escape was brilliant. <laughs> and so quick, and, too. Yeah. And that whole scene was fantastic. Oh, it's great. I thought he was going to just We're, jump out the window. 
Nope. Jumps into a box. <laughs> down the chute. The shoot. box goes down the chute. And the next thing we see, that box falls out the back of a truck and he's bouncing out of the box and in the city. Awesome. What blows my mind here is the fact that he was being pursued like within feet by people yes. when he got into that box. But then event- they, yep. they lost him. He went right. down the chute and it's like, oh, can't find him. And there's no yeah. one there's no one right outside the building because the box fell right out of the truck. Yeah. He was just on the other side of the prison gate. Look, Brad, kids need toys, and they need them quick. True. They, they need them, them right now. <laughs> I'm assuming this is uh, this part takes place during Christmas, maybe, which is why there's that toy rush to get it to the store. That's true. That's it was true. December. I mean, the one time we did see a, a date, it was December 9th, 1974. Oh. Mm. Uh, kind of in a, like, Faded transition. When do we calendar. when do we see that? Like what? When it's when he's, it's when he's um, rewriting the music. Yeah. Okay. When we're seeing the clock. Because um, a character we'll talk about in a moment. Meat. That was his name, right? Beef. 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 <laughs> I was close. He has a Santa Claus uh, jacket on at one point, <laughs> which is amazing. But oh, he's so great. Beef is my favorite. Yes. <laughs> he's so. Oh, he's it's the perfect it's the perfect character uh, to play that role of the big, huge, mean, demonic singer. Uh, just I, I, I love the very, very fruity, very, very flaming homosexual playing that. Oh, yes. And he is a consummate professional. <laughs> oh, <so great. laughs> and he knows the difference between stoned real and real real. <laughs> so good. Oh. oh man! All right, so he's es- so he's escaped prison. Yep. Um, he's immediately gonna go and start destroying the record company. Has to. Got to. Just That's his music, man. They still they told him his music and giving it to those juicy fruits. <laughs> yes, as it were. And you know, this is his uh, Star Wars holiday special moment. <laughs> you know, just as George Lucas went to great lengths to destroy every copy that was ever made. Oh of the Star Wars Holiday Special, he was trying to destroy every copy of the Juicy Fruits Faust. Mm. And as a person and that used to sell copies of the Star Wars Holiday Special illegally, I just find it inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Uh, so he destroys it and, he's, and he gets to the record press. Yep. And finally, finally someone's come to try to stop him. This one lone security cop, I guess. Yeah. Hey, get out of that record, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but his shirt gets caught, and somehow, I guess, his head falls back into the record He press. was falling backwards. <gasps> Whoopsie-daisies. He fell backwards. And irony of ironies, it's the Juicy Fruits Faust that destroys him. Oh. Oh. And he has it permanently emblazoned. I mean, you could probably play it off his back. <laughs> You had a needle sensitive enough. That easy. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can uh, interject quickly, an actual fact from the movie here, or like I guess a little trivia oh, thing. Oh, trivia fact. Um, apparently when they were filming this, he had his head in the press, and he was the actor was kind of worried about it crushing his head, as anyone as should, should be. be. And they're like, no, 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 dude, we got it, we got it. <laughs> so they rigged up something to stop the press so it wouldn't close all the way. Um, and it broke as the press was closing. So when you hear him screaming, that's his actual terrified scream because he <laughs> brought his head out of the real press right before it closed. Oh. Wow. That is that is a real oh. scream of terror. Ah. Oh. Wow. Why are they working with a real record press? I don't know. <laughs> For authenticity, maybe? I don't... Oh, it's about realism. This movie is all about yes. gritty realism. Cinema veritas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oof. 
Now, of course, yeah. um, a record press burns the record onto your face. Yeah. Yes. Um, doesn't crush your skull or anything. Just burns the record onto your face, and then you have to run out and jump into the river. Yeah. Yes, because it's very hot. It's very hot. Super hot. Yes. Okay. I was just checking. He was steaming quite a bit, though. Yeah. He couldn't bear it. He was in shock. No. Just... And I think it was the pollution in that river that ruined his voice. That made him mm. a swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> he met the evil Mindu, and he became a swamp <laughs> thing. <laughs> Perhaps. So, what happens next? The Paradise auditions. Nice. Oh. He goes to the Paradise and freaks a bunch of people out that apparently don't tell anybody. <laughs> he, really, he really does. He just he just slowly wanders around, Darth Darth Vader breathing. Yes. And there's what's that? Ah! Followed by, ah, oh, let's go hide in this car. Never like, hey, can someone get rid of the creepo creepy guy? Um, that seems to be nope. dying. Um, nope. no, we're just gonna get away. Nope. Here's where it was the '70s man really comes into play because <laughs> all those people are on something, and so they're not actually going to approach anyone in a position of authority just in case it's a hallucination. <laughs> yes. I never thought about that, That's but I guess that would be a problem in yeah. the '70s. Yeah, there were lots of drugs going on. My understanding. Oh, yeah. According to TV and movies. That's what, yeah. the, that's what they say. What was it, Studio 54? <laughs> Man. Mm. That was 70s. Tons of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> the paradise. I, I love the premise of having this, his own Disneyland. <laughs> the paradise. <laughs> is it his own Disneyland or is it his own, like, theater yeah. thing? It's, 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 it's his own theater, uh, 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 theater, but at the very beginning of the movie, they were, you know, when there was a, um, a voiceover describing what Swan wanted to do next. They, they did describe it. The narrator did describe it as his very own Disneyland. Oh. Which I thought was interesting because it just looks like a theater. See, I thought it was like a, an odd cut from like a weird um, <laughs> Twilight Zone or something. I was going to say, it, like, was, oh, it was Rod Sterling, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Okay. I was hoping he'd be in it, but I he know. wasn't. If he just popped up at the very end of the movie and like, and that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in um, a little place called The Paradise. I would gladly watch this almost Twilight Zone marathon. <laughs> Seriously, come the new year. Um, there, there is the thing that he's, he's going to blow up the he's going to blow up the juicy fruits mm-hmm. in their fake yes. car. He likes to blow <laughs> shit up because he was going to blow up the record plant. Like, didn't he bring yeah. out dynamite? Where's all this dynamite coming from? It was the seventies, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, we had cowboys and dynamite and surplus. You got any coke? Yes, yeah, we I got did. Some coke. You got any dynamite? Yeah. Well, I can get some. Like, <laughs> I got some right here. I know mine. That's why they kept saying that back then. <laughs> That's why. Hi to y'all. Anyone need some cattle rustled? <laughs> no, I got coke too. <laughs> Far out. Um, yeah. So he wants to kill. He really wants to kill the juicy fruit. Yeah. And I'm like, what about these these, these poor girls that are that are sitting on the, this car? Leave them alone. Just trying to make a just trying to make a buck. So, so his game plan is to put the dynamite into the car, mm-hmm. and then as it goes on stage, as they're rehearsing mm-hmm. uh, this like feist musical, um, that it's going to blow up and kill everybody. Yes, mm-hmm. it's that easy. Mm-hmm. So the screen splits. Yes, we have uh, a single continual take from two cameras yes. of the same scene, which is awesome. Very awesome. I especially appreciated that you yourself had to focus on what you wanted to listen to. Yeah. It was like they didn't spoon feed that to you, so you really had to uh, pay close attention to it. Okay, now, did the Juicy Fruits get killed? No. Really? I don't think any really. died. Well, be- the only reason I asked is because, um... I think the girls died. Oh, no! Oh. 
No? I hope they, I'm gonna hope they get away. There's no reason to kill Especially them. Especially that one who didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Leave her alone. Don't touch her. She doesn't want to be in this. <laughs> but, I mean, because well, we never see the Juicy Fruits again. And, like, at that press conference later, he's like, um, will the Juicy Fruits be featured in this? No, we're, we've got something new for a new age. Hmm. Or are you just sweeping over the fact that they get blown up? Probably. <laughs> well, I guess it's just because they use the same actors to play some of the guys in the Juicy Fruits and some of the guys in Beef's backup. Ah, that's, so that's what, it, he's just, like, he got them under contract. He mm. doesn't want to yeah. get rid of them. He can't. Yeah. Um, so he just reinvents them all, all the time? I think so. Although they did, although Beef does replace the lead singer of the Juicy Fruits. But when I watched the credits at the end, uh, before they held up anyone's name for the backup trio, it, they did show them in Juicy Fruit and uh, also kind of creeping up behind the coffin at uh, Beef's presentation. Yeah. Okay. So there you go, Juicy Fruits. That's good. That makes good business sense. Well done, Swan. Yeah. I really enjoyed the scene of him sitting in the middle of the gold record. <laughs> Oh, yes. I want one. Yeah. I want a gold I record table. I know. How do you get into it? Do you have to climb over it? Is there a part it doesn't that matter. lifts up as a flap? If you have to climb over it, that's fine. Because when somebody <laughs> walks into the room and sees you, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> this, is, this is true. And then there was the country band. And then there were the twins. Yes. And then there was the, the, the black singers. I'm sorry, sorry. I think you mean the, the black. The black singers. <laughs> <laughs> in the credits they were the black singers <laughs> wow uh, it was the 70s and um, black people in the film <laughs> I think you're correct I love no. these passive judgments. no the assassin was black wasn't he oh of oh, course yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great great job movie Great job. Policeman, but... and, so and yes, and the policeman as well. All, what the hell? All the truly horrible evil characters were black. Fuck you, movie. <laughs> um, uh, and, then, and then this guy with the guitar. Oh, are you talking about the cowboy <laughs> who's pretty but it's not going to work out? <laughs> no, that was Why? awesome. Because well, I think we were making fun of the fact, oh, it's a cowboy. He's in. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. And he loved it. <laughs> He just didn't have that extra spark. Didn't have it. He was pretty enough. Mm -hmm. But you know who has it? Who has it? Beef. 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 Beef is the best. If I am announced in any way, shape, or form, I want it to be inside a really poorly made coffin <laughs> where my my initial expression is that of terror. <laughs> <laughs> Hissing. Oh, he's the best uh, character in the world. Awesome. I look like... Beef is great. Some kind of like... Bow, body armor painted on him or something yes just yes. god the costumes in this were just crazy but uh, awesome quality mm -hmm. quality and at what point do we see phoenix sing oh i think that was before that right like they did a casting call because that's the whole reason he got um i cannot remember the phantom yeah okay so okay so basically we've got swan has found out that weirdo um crap what's his name winslow lee how winslow. can we forget winslow? winslow that's a cool name i know um, so he's found out Creepo Winslow is, like, lurking around this theater, creeping people out, and putting dynamite all over the place. Looking like a weird Darth Vader slash Japanese monster from a kid's show. <laughs> he's got an interesting <laughs> costume he's riding. Yeah. And so he's like, well, look, stop, stop messing with my, my, my theater. Um, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to yeah. give you a Creepo voice box. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to set you up in a little recording studio um, with AstroTurf. <laughs> yes. Give me your own birdcage. <laughs> it's your own precious little birdcage where you can make your musics. Yeah. And you, you can rewrite your musics for me. And, uh... Hey, 
I'll just throw in all the pills you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That breakfast scene was fantastic. <laughs> it's all you need. You do say a lot. We like our pills, don't we, Red? Oh, white people love pills. <laughs> it's a fact. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I guess to make sure that he finishes the musical, which isn't done, mm. um, he promises him that Phoenix will sing the songs. Right. And there was an audition with them and her. Yeah, which is hilarious. The dancing itself yeah. was quite oh. something. And I love she kind of dances herself off stage and kind of has to walk yep. back on and is like, um, so am I in? Yeah, encore. <laughs> <laughs> so was, do I, should I keep going? Or Did this work? Is, is it, this is this a thing? Huh? Huh? That's about it. And then because Swan is always trying to fuck over anyone else <laughs> just for, for no real reason, really. I I guess for a profit, but it's mostly spite. I, um, he says, no, we're not good. Phoenix is going to be back up to singer at best. Oh, we need a new yeah. talent. You know how I abhor perfection in anyone but myself. Oh, yes. <laughs> Paul Williams, come now. So what do we, who do we need? We need someone <laughs> succulent. We need something juicy. We mm-hmm. need meat is what we need. We need beef. No, we beef need beef, Alex. Yes. Beef. Stop calling him meat. <laughs> is it weird I call him meat? <laughs> yes, it's very sexist. <laughs> Alex, when you see him, all you think of is meat. And it's inappropriate. Well, that's, his name is Beef. Well, but you can easily confuse those two. Can you? Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the bigot now? Is it Rick Santorum well, there's so or is many references you? to like other music acts. Like I get him confused when he said beef. I laughed and thought, is this supposed to be like a spoof off meatloaf? <laughs> Meat, meatloaf. Be- yes. Because um, when he goes to see his secretary at the beginning, at the very beginning, yeah. when he's like, he's she goes through her like little index of people to let in and out, mm-hmm. and she goes through like Alice Cooper and like other musicians of the time, and when they flip over Winslow's card, just like don't let him in at any cost. So I didn't know if that, so that's why I'm calling him meat. It's not because I'm sexist. I don't know where that came out of or from, mm, mm. but that's why I get me confused with beef. Well, but his name is Beef. His name is Beef. Beef. Mm, beef. Yes. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, so he's cast and he's awesome. He is the best. <laughs> he, of all of the characters in this film, I feel like he is by far the most sympathetic. Oh, of course. Like, wh- wh- why do bad things have to happen to him? He's just a guy trying to make an honest living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really surprised that it didn't play out where uh, Winslow <laughs> heard Beef and was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, this guy actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> him and Phineas can do, like, they can do, to, they can do it together. Yeah. No, no, see, Winslow was being Mr. Hold That Hug Too Long Creepy McCreeperton, you see. And, that, yeah. that, there, you know. and he was obsessed with Phoenix. That is right. And Phoenix is great and all. Yeah. I mean, she can't carry a show. But she's she, just a girl. I saw her dance off stage. She cannot carry the show. No, she cannot carry a show. Well, generally, you would hope that there would be some music around her. Um, maybe some plot going on as opposed to her just singing a song. Well, Brett, what kind of show do you think she could pull off? I mean, she kind of has that young kind of, I guess, naive. Almost, she could play a teen, I think, right? I, Maybe on an 80s sitcom. Maybe. Uh, what if we put her in a movie where maybe she got pregnant or... Oh, okay, um, I see where you're going. I, you were the one Sorry. who said it. How could you I, not I pick up I did not up pick up on that lead. All right. Well, we noticed that she looks strikingly like Ellen Page. Yes. Ah. Especially <laughs> on the extra feature section of the DVD. That girl looks like Ellen Page. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of scary. But, like, she really, like, she has no character in this film. No. She gets nothing. I, I, like, really, she's almost an afterthought. <laughs> Which is okay, she, I she guess. She but... it's whatever. Yeah. She wants to be a big star, and she's got, she's got heart. She's got heart. She understands this music, all right? She's the one that, she was destined to perform it. Yes. But, but she's confused about that destiny, because at first, because they have that uh, uh, casting call mm-hmm. where, uh, what's his name, Philbus or whatever? 
uh, is sleeping with everyone, like we mentioned before, right. and she won't do it. She won't do She's it. She's like, no. I'm she won't do it, sir. I'm going to be playing my music. Thank you very much. I'm Make a lady, it. and I'm a musician. But she changes her tune later, obviously, because she <laughs> right. realizes how the game is. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'll do whatever you want. She said that three or four times in the movie. Yeah. Will you do anything? Sure. Will you give me your voice? Yes, give me your voice. Is that all? <laughs> well, wait a minute. I, no. Your voice is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> Not at all. Wait, is that Belvedere? <laughs> I think I heard Belvedere say, no. <laughs> well, Heather, I want your voice. Who's Heather? I mean, <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> oh, now, Wesley. Could you imagine that with Swan recast as with, with Belvedere? <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Awesome. So our, so our boy Winslow is not happy no. with this recasting. I don't think he can be happy, to be honest. <laughs> he can't, because he's a crazy person. Because he's crazy and he's a creepo. Right, and he has a robot voice. Yes. Oh, and like a weird, weird, creepy computer voice at that. He goes into the shower with a knife and surprise, a plunger. <laughs> Wait, no. we, we got to go back and talk more about <laughs> Beam. Because <laughs> there's just so much that happens that's amazing. Yes, yes, First yes, off, yes. he's a hometown boy, Brad. He is. He grew up on Skyline Chili. <laughs> and I, I guess Reds and baseball and Bengals. I don't know what, but he's, he's, his mom's from Cincinnati. His mom's from Cincinnati. We can only infer that he's from Cincinnati. Just down the road. <laughs> River away. <laughs> so that's awesome. Sure. And again, like, he's an amazing character. But yeah, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> just want to throw that in. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to throw that I lo- in. I love his outfit where he's got like the giant clear belt buckle with a snake inside. Oh, yeah. Wait, what about the ultimate belt? The caribou belt. <laughs> oh, with the antlers. He really likes belts. He, he does. He's got a belt with antlers that he uses to prod Philbin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it highlights it. Even oh, no. It shows him prodding Philbin <laughs> and then Philbin taking the horns and being like... <laughs> No, okay, just get away from me. Get your dirty horns off me, you damn dirty beef. (laughs) (laughs) I love how his, his, besides belts, one of his uh, steezes is that he will put a a different type of temporary tattoo on his cheek. (laughs) Yes, he will. Yes, because, okay, he's a snake. He clearly has a snake painted on his cheek. Yeah. And then we have this scene where Creepo Winslow attacks him in the bathroom, in the shower, and threatens him and is like, you will never see my music again or you will die. Don't forget the plunger. <laughs> I, which really, I mean, it's not his fault. He's an actor. Right. I know, he's just trying to make an honest living. Leave him alone. Leave him yes. alone. I would have I would have run away simply based on someone putting a plunger on my mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't. That's grounds enough. Just get out of there. I would. I don't care if you're dressed as a creepy Falcon Man or a Power Ranger or whatever that thing was. I am going away and I'm going to dump my face into disinfectant. I have to get a new face. I have <laughs> yes. to go. Brad would definitely need to get. A new face. I would have to get a new face. I'm like, yes. excuse me, doctor. I need a new face. What's wrong with yours? I'm about to remove it. Someone put a plunger <laughs> on it. What is happening? Oh. Yes. Killing me. Winslow thought he was a Dalek. <laughs> he sounds like a Dalek. He really yes, does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Never play my music again. <laughs> Exterminate. <laughs> Steve. 
So, but, okay, so he has the snake in the shower, he's running away to leave, and he runs into Philbin, and he's got a, and he's got a four-leaf clover. That means he was like, oh my god, someone just put a plunger on my face and threatened my life. I've got to get dressed, change the yeah. up, <laughs> yes. the clover, and then get out of here. Well, he's got to get ready for Cincinnati, dog. He's got to. <laughs> we don't let no snake faces in our town. <laughs> you best bring a but clover. the most important part before Philbin and Beef bump into each other is, do you have a ticket? This is the ticket holder's line. Ah, uh, yeah. You can't be on this, in this, you, girl, do you have a ticket? Yeah, I got a ticket. Get back in line. <laughs> Just ask The most me. random. No reason. Oh, the most, I uh, know, I think that girl need, was a friend of a friend and needed a speaking part and what needed to get paid yeah. to get. Oh, that's it. there you go. That's it. That's, that's basically what's going on and it was beautifully random for us, the viewer. And then you see Santa Claus's gay cousin walking down the fire escape. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to my mom's in Cincinnati. <laughs> Why are you doing that? There really is a phantom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, um, just take some pills. These no, are donors. Down. <laughs> Yeah, it was the seventies. Oh. Yeah, and that's where that really that really comes into play because he convinces him, <laughs> Philman convinces Beef that you just imagined it. Hey. You're high as a fucking kite, dude. Yep. Get out there and sing. Yep. Oh, oh, and he sings to his death. First of all, yeah. is this show Faust or Frankenstein? Well, there's a little bit of Frankenstein in what you know. Swan told him to make it his own, and I think that that's what they, <laughs> right? they got a little bit of Frankensteiny with it. Um, you know, you know, but you know then, the story of Faust, where a guy builds a builds a man out of dead body parts. Yeah, and then he that guy makes a deal with the devil. I guess. Yeah, the perfect song Something like that. And then a girl sings a really boring song. It's like oh. what Philbin said. Nobody's gonna care what it's about. Nobody cares what anything's about. Nobody pays attention to lyrics. And if Phoenix had been the star of this, what would this have been about? <laughs> that is an excellent question, uh, and uh, that's why she can't carry a show. Yeah. I mean, what is 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 this going to be Faust from Helen of Troy's point of view? <laughs> like, what's her character? Is it just a female version? Is she the devil? What is she? What is this show he wrote? <laughs> I will say this: I really do like this song mm-hmm. where they're piecing to, they're taking people from the audience because uh-huh. this is also one of the better stage shows I think I've seen yes. from any musical. I, because they have people seated in the audience that are just supposed to be like cut up and yeah, yeah. and it and they have not, plants. It's the way it's filmed. It's like I'm not sure what's a dummy, what's a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I must say it was it was, it was unexpected. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about the actual uh, music from this particular uh, movie is that the uh, life at last bits of of lyrics get interpreted. I think. Three different ways from three different points of views by three different singers, and they work in all three of them. Uh, and and it's really, really, really awesome to see that kind of attention to detail to the music yeah. part of it. And then and and that was a big, big point for me. How I it, it was great to see the different takes on it. Agreed. Duffo, Duffo. So of course, our boy Winslow is a psychopath. Now let's talk about the worst bricklayers. Oh you yeah, could possibly oh, yeah, hire. So- and they they build a brick wall, and then when Winslow realizes that Swan has stolen the last pages of the cantata, he pulls open his door and he sees a brick wall. Oh no, the caged bird is caged forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then and then 
he, we don't see it, but he apparently breaks out and kills the guards. Yeah. What what we do see is bricks on the floor and tinfoil. Those doors were made of tinfoil. <laughs> yes. Which you really have to blame Swan at that I, point. He's for definitely. Just yeah, construction was it's paradise. Construction paradise. I was trying to save a buck. I, there's, why didn't you just, why not just kill him while he was drugged up? Like, bringing him into a, a room is just, it's overkill. And you're losing a great AstroTurf sound studio. Yeah. This is true. With advanced tech in it to yeah. bring someone's voice back from the river or whatever. Seriously, Stephen Hawking <laughs> wishes he had that box. <laughs> you know Stephen Hawking dresses up like Winslow for Halloween every year. <laughs> it's his favorite The costume. toughest part is painting the teeth. Yes. <laughs> it's probably why I tried to go into the swinger clubs, but... Defo. <laughs> yes. Boy. So he's 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 on so he's on his spree, and he's gonna take out our boy Beef. Which fuck you, Winslow. Yeah, you're a crazy person. Beef is just trying to make an honest living, dude. Leave him alone. He's talented. Let him do it. It was a good show, and then he uses a neon lightning bolt to <laughs> electrocute Beef. Yeah, I do love how that shot. Yeah, because like the whole like I guess quakey frame thing mm-hmm. works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, I'm just pissed off that he killed Beef. Yeah. It was inappropriate. It was unfounded. It, it was unnecessary. This guy. Winslow's came... crazy. Yeah. There is a question: Who's crazier, Swan or Winslow? Hmm. Probably Winslow. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think Swan is more on the demented side of things, where right. Winslow is just your traditional insane person. Swan may also be possessed. I. Yes. Because while he's. Yeah. I mean, we eventually figure out his game. Should we talk? Should we wait about that? No, let's go for it. Um, we find out that many, many years ago, um, Swan tried to kill himself because he just never wanted to be less beautiful than he was at that point or young. <laughs> he didn't want the ravages of time. I want to stay a young, beautiful Paul Williams. Less beautiful. <laughs> My little Bob, whatever. <laughs> but he decides to feel himself in the bathtub, killing himself, like ah. slitting his wrist because he's that vain. The ultimate superstar. Right. Yeah, well, true. And right before he does it, his reflection in the mirror in the bathroom was like, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold the phone. What if you didn't have to get old? What if you didn't have to die? And dude's what? like, what? <laughs> Let's go. No, his, his first assumption was that he was stoned out of his mind. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah, as, as you've been saying, Larry, it's the 70s. Yeah. So, no, it uh, was the 50s back oh, then. It was, yeah. Quite true, I guess. But he was a superstar. Superstars yeah, in the 50s played by 70s rules. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> well done. Yes, they did. So he, he makes a deal with the devil. Yeah. As long as anything... He'll never age, right. but the film will age, right. I guess. He says his reflection will, but at that point when... Um, yeah, but it's we're being watching watched, the film, yeah, and it's we not... would see him be older. Right. Yeah, so. I don't. I was. I kept expecting the film to show him older, and it didn't. Yeah. So I don't. I, I guess they just didn't get to that. <laughs> that film was really quite uh, versatile. It showed all of the very important moments <laughs> of contract signings all in the same uh, span of two minutes. Well, you know, you just want, you don't want, you don't want, you just want to put that film together. You don't want to have it on different reels. It's a lot. Of, it's messy. Yeah. Yeah, Swan's very good with the editing. So, so with that, I'm not sure if, to me, during the whole movie, Swan may not have been himself. He may have been possessed by the devil because he also takes on the devil's um, 
likeness for blood. Right. Because through all the contracts, the devil's like, don't waste any of your blood or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to do this the old school way. It's the only way I can get you in a bound contract. Mm-hmm. So everyone has to sign a, a deal in blood. Yeah. You see Winslow's thing, which really, that was just sad. I'd take advantage of that bird man. <laughs> <laughs> he got him caved up. Is, what does up. this mean? Yeah. It's there to protect you, Winslow. All right. Like, Winslow, Winslow you, you got, idiot. You, got, you gave away your music to begin with. You gave away your teeth with not much of a fight. What the fuck is wrong with you, dog? Win- Winslow's a chump. He really is. <laughs> like, chump of the world. Yes. But you know who isn't a chump? Mm. Well, I guess it depends. Phoenix, because we see where, where uh, uh, Swan forced her to sign a contract when she was all coked up. Yeah. Yes. Didn't take long for her to turn into the drugged-up singer. Well, one night with Paul Williams will do a lot to you. <laughs> <laughs> because once she gets her one chance, because, of course, after a Beef gets killed, oh, yeah. um, they're like, uh, send Phoenix out there. Yeah. And No, first it was, get a fire extinguisher. <laughs> and then it was, Phoenix, get out there and sing. Yeah, so she sings. She's automatically a superstar hit. Yeah. Um, Brad, we were on the edge of our seats when this happened because we just saw an amazing stage show. Right. Uh, someone just died on stage right. with a lightning bolt. And you were going to just send out a girl without any backup, without any theatrics onto that stage where people are crowded on. They're, they're at the curtain trying to get <laughs> at what's happening. But she's got heart. She has, and it shines it's through. tender. Shines yeah. through. It's tender. People Innocence. respond to that. Yes. Not really, but, you know, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, of course, she's like, immediately, she's like, well, Swan, uh, I'll do anything. You <laughs> just made me a star. Anything. <laughs> Will you blow me in my penthouse <laughs> while I film it? At the, uh, the Swanage. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so she's seduced right. by power and the devil. And, of course, uh, Birdman Winslow. <laughs> he's gotta, he's gotta creep out. Well, he saved her from the crowd. Right? Like, they're being bum-rushed. She's like, oh, no, all my fans. And then he has a rose yes. and is, like, halfway up the He has a rose and he beckons her. Yeah. I don't think he so much saved her as much as she was getting away and then he absconded with her. Yeah. Yes. And is like, don't go with him. And then my favorite scene in the film. Oh. The the, the charred remains of beef are being put into an ambulance. Yeah. And the crowd is going, beef, 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 beef. <laughs> oh. oh. What a way to go, man. It's Going back to Cincinnati crazy. in a bag. Yeah. That's sad. Oh. <laughs> hey, moms, live. <laughs> it's your son. What's left? You know how that was it? Detroit or someplace in Michigan that uh, petitioned to have a statue of uh, RoboCop erected? Yeah, we should, we should we should get a statue of Beef erected in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's do it. Isn't there already one of Lonnie Anderson? <laughs> oh, maybe I. Oh. <laughs> we should have one of Jerry Springer. Yeah. Well, he was the mayor. Yeah. I mean, we see, uh, but we see him on the streets every once in a while, anyway. True, haunting the haunting the local haunts. Events. And do people just spontaneously Jerry, Jerry? Yeah, when actually, they see it was kind of oh, awkward gross. every time I awesome. see him. Awesome. Oh, it's brilliant. So let's talk about this creeping out at the penthouse. Oh yes. Where creepo Birdman Winslow is just watching them go at it. And the thing is, because of course Swan like has video cameras everywhere because he likes watching himself. Um. He's got a camera up on the roof, so he's watching Winslow watch him bang this girl. And certainly yes. she turned slightly to her left and saw it at some point herself. Probably not. No, she was too coked up by then. Oh, okay. All right. Struck on the power. Yeah, but yeah, I was, I was about to say, uh, Swan is the creepier of the creeps. 
because he had a camera up there ready to creep on himself. Which is creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> the only thing that makes it super creepy, because we know that's his steez. I mean, he films all kinds of stuff. Right. The only thing that makes yeah. it extra creepy is the fact that it's outside of the room. Yes, like he's watching himself through a window. Yeah. It's like, what's that about? He likes to lurk. That whole... S- yeah, it's 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 the it's the cinema veritas thing. It's this is what it would look like if there was a creep outside my skylight. If you're into voyeurism <laughs> but want to film yourself yeah. having sex, I guess this is how you go about it. Probably. Interesting. I like the extra layer of reality between us. And by us I mean me and myself watching myself. <laughs> oh, and poor Winslow. He only has one good eye, which is bulging half the time out of that yes. mask. And it's, yeah. I guess he can't breathe very well since he lost his voice, so his mouth's always gaped open with those silver <laughs> teeth. Yeah. And he's just, oh, man. He, ah. just, just the way he looks through that window is one oh. of the grossest. Just, just, <laughs> it's like, Could you uh, imagine? Could you imagine being there, trying to get intimate, and then you look up and there's this Birdman thing? <laughs> I would die. (laughs) I would just instantly die. Yeah, I mean, but where our instincts are to, like, run or cower or die, Satan just turns on the cameras. He's like, oh, I got to get this shit. Yeah. Imagine you're a young lady trying to make it big, and you wake up from a coke out of the street, (laughs) and you find a video of yourself having sex with Paul Williams whilst a bird man is watching. (laughs) Fuck that shit. No. No. <laughs> well, she did say that she'd do anything he wanted. Anything. She's wrong. <laughs> well, this is this is too much for uh, Birdman Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, suicide is the only way. Right. So he just he just takes a knife, which he's got, and just stabs it in, and that sweet sweet cherry blood <laughs> just starts uh dripping out like bright red paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when Swan rolls up and is like, um. I don't think so. Yes, I'm kind of the devil. You can't die. What? Yeah. You, un- unless I'm destroyed, then you're destroyed. And you'll never find a loop in my contract. Together. And then Winslow does the thing that I was very proud of him. He was going to kill yes. Swan yeah. so that even though he knew he would die, he would kill Swan. And then Swan says, I'm under contract too. Which... That was a point in the movie where stakes got high for me as a watcher, because right. I immediately had questions. What the fuck do you mean he's in a contract? Shit just got really real. This is like a Ponzi yeah. scheme of devil contract. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even force the blade into his chest. No. He's just like, I'm under contract too. <laughs> With who? With what? And of course, then we find out later it's the right, devil, right. but or himself or whatever. Because we just assumed that he was the devil up until that point. Yeah. And he kind yeah. of is. The way he even signed Swan, mm. he just put a cross over uh, that last, I guess, Swing mm. up on the W and you'd spell Satan, man. Mm. Duh. This is true. But by the way, going back a little bit, the way he signed Swan, he doesn't sign it. He had a stamp made. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. That is how you do it in the 70s. <laughs> I want to get a stamp with my name on it now. Yeah, you have to. Like, ah. Yeah, my dad had one. It had his signature and his uh, job title and stuff. And when he had to sign documents, he wouldn't sign it. He just. Sounds fun. We gotta bring that self self inking stamp. Ah, Quite awesome. I like that. I like that. That game. (laughs) So alright. So now what we've got is we've got Swan's got a new plan. Um it's a crazy plan. Like his big thing is he's gonna kill stars on stage now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a how many people are gonna sign up for this? 
I mean, a lot, granted, but not that many to make this last forever, I don't think. No. When was when was Network made? Um, was it late 70s, early 80s? When was Network? It was definitely after this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. 76. Because that's, I mean, that's a big wow. thing in that, but they kill someone on mm-hmm. television. It's going to be awesome. Every people will love it. Yeah. How interesting that in this movie, they, you know, they they offer that as a suggestion. So it. Oh, Before that other this. movie offered it. Wow. Yeah, Phantom, that's, it's really, that's Phantom cool. of the Paradise is a little prolific, I think. Well, it's a I, little, think uh, some, I think they had some ideas before other people had ideas. <laughs> I know. It's a little... Mm, it's almost mm, like the idea of her. Interesting. That's as high as I go. Sorry. We can get you high. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. He's going to marry this girl on stage, and then when, she, <laughs> when he marries her, at the right moment, they're going to kill her. Well, he's going to put on a silver mask. <laughs> I don't yes. understand that at all. You have to wear a silver mask, well, Alex. I really the, thought the, that the was The concept is, if reason. anyone takes his picture, he will look old. Oh, oh, there you go. And that's why pictures aren't allowed. He has his own photographer who's, what, from Transylvania, I think is what I understood. Nice. Um and, uh, and and that's why no one's allowed to ever take his picture. Because if they, if they did, they would actually see as his reflection would be old, so would any image of his face be old. Except that and therefore, <laughs> Yes. Well, we also see one of his ex-girlfriends show up looking all Ooh, old. Yes. And was like, hey, this looking is not a locket. He hasn't aged at all. Hmm. And that one what? kid has a very odd, awkward voiceover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that kid must have had a horrible voice. I, it's, I mean, it's really it's like, hey, audience, trust us. We, we can explain all of this. Just follow. Here, the, here ABC. So uh, Birdman Winslow <laughs> runs to the records room and just he's, he's, he watches the video and sees how it all happened, learns all the secrets. And then he like, I guess he takes like the, he just pushes a machine and it explodes and catches on fire. The most flammable machinery yes. ever. Yes. And then all of the records are on fire and burning, so... Cool. It seemed like there was a cut in between the box exploding and then like yes, shooting fire, mm-hmm. which is a really nice cut. I thought, wow, this is. I mean, I say nice in the fact that it was neat looking. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so now he's on the race because he's got to go find. He's got to go find the gunman <laughs> that's going to shoot down Phoenix. And by that I mean the other black guy in the movie. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yeah. Hmm. Inappropriate. It's a good thing he has to solve the puzzle with the gun before he can actually <laughs> fire it. Or, or Winslow probably wouldn't have got there in time. It's a very there was a lot of him putting the gun together. Tension, yeah. But he races in, and the, and the, the big show's going on. He, he's getting married on stage, and Philbin's playing the priest, which he's excited about. He's never played a priest. Yeah. And uh, Birdman Winslow runs back, pushes the gun out of the way. Philbin takes a bullet to the skull. Oh yes. Aw. All hell breaks loose. Yay, another death on stage. <laughs> I love this shit. <laughs> My favorite part is the fact that there's a certain, like, I guess, blonde audience member mm-hmm. who gets a lot of camera time. Yeah, he does. Yes, he because, does. It, but he is us, the audience, going along yeah. on stage. I, I think he's really supposed to be that. He's just getting We're supposed to connect it. with him. Yeah, he is super into this. Yeah, Um. because then Birdman's running up. I love me calling him Birdman Winslow, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Um, Birdman Winslow runs up on stage and he's and he's gonna have his final battle with Swan, which who pull we pull off the mask and oh my god, he's burning like the film that's burning. And his mm. face is all messed up and he's Freddy Kruegery and easy to kill. Yep. And with the high that Phoenix is on, she's not really comprehending any of it. No. She's just like, What? Whoa Uh yeah. Now we need to back up a little bit Uh-oh. to the chorus line. 
those girls dancing in those uh, feather bikinis with those raven heads. Who knew those raven heads would be deadly sharp? (laughs) (laughs) And that you could just take one and stab someone and that blonde audience member followed suit after Birdman did that <laughs> and grabbed one and did something. He's just in the zone. Um, it's the 70s. Yeah. He was he was the most stoned audience member there oh. because he just kept following Birdman as he was crawling. <laughs> yeah, that's and like crawling and crawling and it was he was almost egging him on like you can do it Birdman. <laughs> Crawl Birdman. Birdman. You can do it. <laughs> oh, Winslow. Oh, yeah. And then Phoenix recognizes him. Oh my god, it is him. Cool. <laughs> I met him one time. Not like we were romance. And he hugged anything. a little too long. <laughs> I was a little creeped out by it, but there he is. Oh, well, I guess he wasn't I will, lying. We'll <laughs> go to him now. Uh, I just like, and Phoenix gets out of this like, oh, okay. Yep. My favorite part is that <laughs> as Birdman Winslow's dying, there's the blonde guy beside him, but huh. then he's lost his mask. Behind him is another one of, I guess, the audience members with his mask on. <laughs> just, watching, <laughs> just watching him, just like, got your helmet, dude. Awesome. <laughs> this is weird. I can barely see out of this thing. <laughs> I love, I really want to bring that back where the audience can just rush the stage and become a part of the show at any time. Mm-hmm. The 70s were magical. No one told us this. My next show, everyone's welcome to rush the stage. <laughs> I won't awesome. <laughs> Warren will punch you in the face. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> that's part of the show. <laughs> yep. Everybody signs a waiver before they sit down. An ironclad contract. Mm. Blood. Mm-hmm. I, like it. I like it. So, yeah. And that, there you have it. That is the Phantom of the Paradise, guys. It just ends. It's done. <laughs> I do love the credits where like, we're, getting the, we're getting to see our favorite characters again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the best scenes with Philbin. Beef. Everyone cheered for beef in the theater. They've got to have... Showings of this, like Rocky Horror. I don't know. That would be the best, and I would go every time. This is, I mean, this is much better than Rocky Horror Picture Show. Definitely. Um, Jam. I have two more things I would like to talk about, if you guys don't mind. Oh, of course. uh, Regarding this film. One, I would like to mention the small scene where Philbin and uh, Swan are in a car together. I think it's when (laughs) Birdman, like, (laughs) uh, kidnaps... Or not kidnaps, but corners uh, Phoenix on a roof. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because in that shot, uh, Swan and Philbin are so close to each other. <laughs> it's almost like little little Swan has his arm around Philbin's arm, like in a lot. Just yes. keep him company inside the car until Phoenix gets there. Exactly. Like, yeah. there's a big back seat, and they are all up together. <laughs> Philbin's, like, uh, airing his... Uh, I guess his his concerns about mm. how the Phantom might ruin everything, uh, but it's almost like he's in hush whispers between the two, just like in a very intimate moment. Cause that's a big back seat. Yeah, yeah. Swan is a tiny dude. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right, Phil. Then don't worry about it. I love you, you know. Let's see. The next thing. Uh, okay. And I'd also like to read this really quick. Um, another trivia fact oh, about this trivia movie. Trivia fact. Bring it. Uh, Phantom. Uh, which is what we're calling the movie for short. Um, Phantom was a box office flop the year it came out. That's awful. The only place in North America where the film had any lasting power was in Winnipeg. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> where it stayed in screens for months. That's awesome. Nice. Winnipeg is great. And, and they loved the Phantom of Paradise. Awesome. Go Winnipeg. You got yeah. taste. 
I've been to Winnipeg a few times, and it is a lovely place. It's very cold, <laughs> and it's very windy, but it is lovely. Sounds good to me. When they saw Phantom of the Paradise for the first time, it changed them. <laughs> changed them. <laughs> Nothing. No, it was probably like wintertime, and they're like, what are we going to do today? Let's go watch that movie again. Yeah! It's warm in the theater. I'll bring the pills. <laughs> <laughs> Every movie stays in that theater for another month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's the stat they're not giving you, is that that's the way movies went in the 70s in Winnipeg. <laughs> Please, anything. It's so cold. <laughs> It is. Hi, guys. Elirio, thank you so much for bringing this movie to our attention. Yeah, yeah. Thank amazing. you. Thank you for watching. Oh. Thank you for uh, doing the birthday pick. It is It is one of my favorites. It is the kind of movie that um, you can sit down and just have a fun time. But it's good. It is. Agreed. It's good. And, it, and, it, and, it, and the music is awesome. And... Uh, the lip syncing isn't half bad. There are a couple things times in the beginning where it's not very good, but then, and just the juicy fruits, you know, it gets you right into it. It gets you right, right into it. I just love Death Records. The logo is great. <laughs> Even superimposed on the things. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you see how poorly superimposed <laughs> it was on the on the dais at the airport? So awful. It was awful, but it's great. Oh, thank you so much. It's it. I I, I hope that you one day will rewatch it with a different eye and appreciate it in 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 a new in new ways because uh, I have and. Uh, I will recommend that everyone who's listening to this, at the very least, find the soundtrack. The soundtrack is awesome. Yes, do it. Get it. Have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the Phantom of the Paradise. It's out there. Go get it. Nice. All right, I think we need to do one more thing before we wrap up. Yeah, sure. Illyrio, if you, if, if you will. <laughs> <coughs> yes. <clears throat> We've been trying to find out a lot about ourselves on the podcast recently. We just oh. learned. Um, hmm. And, you know, uh, again, thank you again for the birthday pick. We'd like to repay you in kind <laughs> with helping you find a little bit more about yourself. Really? Yes. So Does this involve predetermined questions? Yeah. Well, actually, we're going to dip back into the ultimate quiz book from Cosmo Girl. And uh, we're going <laughs> to help you take a quiz really quick, if that's cool. That's more than cool. I am. I, I'm, I'm just blessed. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, what we, uh, Brad and I went through these lists and I thought we, we would we'd pick out one specifically, I guess, for you. Um, we settled with, do you need a style shakeup? Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to find out the answer. All right. Is your sense of style nodding off to sleep? Find out if you need a fashion wake-up call. Uh-oh. All right. Now, uh, there are five questions, Illyrio, and you have three choices, A, B, or C. And keep okay. track of which ones you answered m- most of. Here's what's happened. We've lost a bit of the audio, and I don't know what happened. It very easily could be my fault. Um, unfortunately, we lost the Cosmo quiz. But don't worry, Illyrio's got his answers. Illyrio, please read your answers. Question one was B. Mm-hmm. Two was A. A. Oh, knew it. Three was A. A. Four was A again. A oh, Illyrio. We're rounding up the quiz with another A. All those A's. Well, obviously, as anyone can tell, I need a shakeup. He needs a shakeup. I, I, I believe the book suggested that you know maybe maybe you're just wearing too many uh, the same uh, t-shirts and jeans every day. Maybe you need to shake things up with a skirt. I'll give it a try. So that's what we learned. Sadly, you didn't get to hear it, but. He's learned it. Illyrio, have you have you shaken things up with the skirt yet? Not yet, but I did turn up the cuffs on my pants today. Well, that's a start. 
And that's what Cosmo Girl is all about. Even if you don't fully implement the ideas, it's a start in the right direction. It is. <laughs> all right. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Illyrio, where can we catch you on the internets? On a couple of different places. Uh, of course, Potential Cast. Uh, it's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective where myself and two others have never watched the series, but Steph Smith is uh, guiding us through it. She has. We have guests on occasionally, including yourself. Indeed. And uh, sorry, sorry, Alex, we, we just didn't think of you yet. And we're all booked up. Um, you can also find me on Redemption Cast, which is the spin-off podcast based on the spin-off show of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was Angel. That's a lot of fun, but Robin is on that one. Indeed. So take or you know one. make a decision for yourself on that. I am also doing a uh, Avatar The Last Airbender retrospective. Awesome. With Jamie, and that's Yip Yip, the Last Airbender podcast, and of course myself and my lovely wife Christine do Pausecast. Nice. No, we don't talk about pet grooming. It's time to take a pause with Illyrio and Christine and listen to Pausecast. We release maybe once a week and talk about stuff. It's entertaining and charming. As it always. is. I enjoy it much, and it's a tiny little podcast. It's just really quick, nice and easy. Indeed. Usually under the half hour mark. Just get in there, find out what's happening in their lives. Um, there is one question I, I, I did want to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so let's say you're reading a book. Yes. And you're not enjoying the book. How far would you give the book before you gave up? I'd say no more than about 30 pages. That's a sensible answer from a person that knows how to read books and isn't However. lying about reading books. However, I will give books a second or third chance. Okay, that's reasonable. Maybe my perspectives on have changed. My mood is different. You know, I'm quite fickle. So uh, even though I didn't necessarily like it after about 25, 30 pages, I will come back to it later on and give it another shot. Perfectly reasonable answer. I would say. <gasps> Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 93 of Ramjack. We had such a good time on this episode. We had a very good time. Good discussion. Indeed. Guys, um, you got you got your podcasting dollars worth it today. And we thank you for listening to us. Thank you. Um, do you have any secrets? Where would you want to wake up tomorrow if you could wake up anywhere? Mm. What are you, how how many pages does it take for you to get into a book? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna finish it because <laughs> Don't go back there. But, can't but go back. by all means let us know. Um you can do that a variety of ways. One of those ways is to call us. Um, you can phone us at 206-339-5894. Again, that number is 206-339-5894. I repeat it because I want you to put it in your phone and remember it. And I think some people have done just that. Oh, have they? In fact, let's listen now. I don't need to tell you that right now we're facing a crisis. Barack Obama has used his radical ideology to transform America from a beacon of hope, growth, and opportunity to a failed version of a European secular socialist state. I want to... I'm going to pause right there. Um, Newt, um, we have... We are a secular country, first of all. Well, can I just go ahead before you say that? Sure. Newt, thanks for calling. Um, um Newt, no thank you. Newt, way, no but, thank you for calling. But it's not... A pre- it's appreciated in a way that's like... Thank you for listening to the show, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that someone like him could listen to the show, and I guess still feel free to call us with his uh, ideas. But go ahead, Brad. I- well, again, uh, we are a secular country. Obviously. So that's kind of why... Maybe it seems like that. Um, Are we a socialist country, like those those failed governments in Europe? Uh, we're not that socialist not yet. at all. And Barack Obama definitely hasn't pushed us there at all. 
Well, Newt seems to think so. What, uh, what, else, what, else, what else has Newt got to say? Your president, as I feel I'm the most experienced candidate, I'll take that one step further. You're the most experienced candidate? Really? Okay. I have the track record on a national scale to prove it. First, working with Jack Kemp and President Reagan in 1981, we cut the tax rates for every single American, spurring the greatest peacetime economic growth in American history. Not true. 1981? Dude, you're old, dog. Um, <laughs> also, um... I was born in 84. Well, let's just talk about the fact that Ronald Reagan raised taxes at Grippa time. Yeah. Also, the greatest economic growth? That was under Clinton. Well, Newt seems to think differently. Then, as Speaker, I united the diverse Republican majority in Congress and worked in a bipartisan way with President Clinton. Stop. Not true. You're the most divisive candidate. You're the most divisive Speaker of the House ever. You mobilized the far right wing of the Republican Party to spend the entire time that you were in office attacking the Clintons uh, with Whitewater and the Monica Lewinsky bullshit trial. You're the most, you created the hostile, divisive um, environment we have right now. So let's just correct that. You actually are the one most, if you had to pick one person that was most responsible for the insanity and divisiveness of the political situation in America, it's Newt Gingrich. And to varying levels of success, because, you know, Whitewater, the Monica Lewinsky thing, it didn't really, I mean, it, well, it happened, it was but impeached. it wasn't like, eh. But, like, did it really, I mean, it affected things. But The government shut down that was completely because of Newt Gingrich? But Clinton didn't get kicked out, which I guess is what they really wanted. No, because he was super successful and very popular yeah, and good exactly. at his job. He couldn't take him out. I mean, he's, again, he's not my favorite person. He was not, he was, um, he was very middle of the road. Much more middle of the road than Barack Obama, who was more to the right than Bill Clinton. Um, definitely. But I still, like, Clinton was, was okay. Don't have a whole lot of complaints. Um, what else is, what other things is Newt What else has Newt got to say? To reform welfare, balance the federal budget four consecutive years, pay off $400 billion in debt, and oh, by the way, the American people created 11 million new jobs. By the way, you had nothing to do with that. That's the type of leadership we need in the White House. And those are the solutions I'm prepared to give the American people. When? In fact, I've laid them out in detail in a new 21st really? century contract with America. Oh, God, no, not another contract on America. colleagues running for the presidency, who all incidentally would be a much better president than Obama, are choosing to focus... No, they wouldn't. Dude, you're barely Mitt Romney, <laughs> Mitt Romney has almost the same positions as Obama on a lot of shit. Except the things that he would do worse. But no one likes Mitt Romney. <laughs> exactly. Some scoring political points through sound bites and media gotcha games. What's a media gotcha game? It's nonsense. That sounds bullshit. like it. That seems like it. But beyond by title alone, that sounds like it might be a fun little time. Oh. A gotcha game. Sound bites and catchy slogans like "Yes, we can" and "Hope and Change" are what got us into this mess. No, they weren't. <laughs> An illegal war in Iraq is what got us into this mess, you idiot. <laughs> George W. Bush and the Republican Party got us into this mess. We had we have two wars going on for no reason unfinanced completely. And they lowered taxes on the wealthiest people. That's what got us into this mess. That's going to get into trouble eventually, because how is they going to get money? I am the only candidate with a proven track record of solving America's economic problems. Except you never have. I have to tell you. This is an exciting time for our campaign. 
the debates have gone exceedingly well. Except you've lost. I can tell you more than a few conservatives can't wait to see me versus President Obama in a one-on-one debate. Really? The numbers are moving steadily upward. No, they're not. You're losing. Are starting to take notice. But they haven't. (laughs) They voted for other people. So I've asked my assistant to come back on the line and fill you in on the... Oh, your assistant never showed up. What happened? Thanks, Newt. Um, you're losing. You're losing to Rick Santorum. (laughs) Rick Santorum, the most horrific bigot ever to run for office, ever. God, this isn't going to go well. I love, I I read something recently. I mean, again, thank you, Newt, for calling, I guess, in a way. Um, I read something this morning about how the Hispanic population of the states is continually just giving up on the Republican Party. Well, yeah, because... they're just... Well, as Barack Obama talks a nice game and then doesn't do anything for them, um, the Republicans are just well, lambasting they made, them. Yeah, they made it clear that they don't want him here. Right. It's like, nope, all of you are illegal. Yeah. Well, what? Except uh, we're not. Except, no, nope, get him out. So, and we all know that the Hispanic population in the States is going to skyrocket over the next 20 to 30 to 50 years. Yeah. So, so all those rich whites taking all them pills, making all them promises, better watch out. Because they're, I don't know if they're going to be in control much longer, especially Republicans. Oh, yeah. So good job there, guys. Hey, Ramjack, uh, Paul Mackey from the uh, old workplace in the uh, very quiet, uh, oddly named freezer room, not in the uh, very noisy workspace. Um, I just wanted to read you this, uh, this last bit of my, my notes for tonight's work. Printer is fixed and aligned. John asked to be vigilant about unusual slapping noise. Stop using printer if it occurs. None at present, but precautionary. I'm hoping that I'll recognize the unusual slapping noise should it occur. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) I love Paul giving us the -the on-the-job report. I I really love it, too. (laughs) What slapping noise could be happening? That sounds really dangerous. Or suspect. Or suspect. That's crazy. That slapping noise doesn't come back. If it mm. does, let me know. Though it shouldn't come back. <laughs> um, just let me know about it. Mm. Keep us up to speed. Indeed. I feel like by the time we end this podcast, we're going to know how to do Paul's job. Oh. We'll be able to get new careers if we choose. Well, we already know there's the workroom and the freezer room. Right. So we got that down. Yeah. We also, under, we, we personally and our mm. listeners know the horrors that are in that workroom with the sound. So at least we know what we're getting into. Indeed. And now we know to watch out for that weird slapping sound on the printer, <laughs> should it ever occur, whatever it was. Yes. Let's not ask too many questions, though. Last, we have an email from Alfio. Oh, we have an email I from Alfio. I thought we had a voicemail, but it's actually an email. So I thought, so we can knock this out. All right, cool. Um, hey, Brad, I thought you would like to know about Masters of the Universe Classics Hordak. I have attached a picture, and here's where you can buy it. Alfio, you're awesome. Oh, look at that. Oh, Hordak! That's cool! What's that on his arm? Some kind of like bird thing? No, it, it's a, uh, a bow and arrow with like a like a like a bat dragon thing on it. It's the same thing he had on the old one when I was a child. Nice. Yeah. So this is like I guess a, a re. Yeah, it's like a, a remake. It's pretty cool. Twenty dollars. He sends me a link. I'm checking under that. You need to get like a glass case to just put all these life figures in that you're gonna start buying. Because once you get one Hordak, you're gonna want the. I really. I, I just want a Hordak. I wish I'd. <sighs> I just think I, it kills me. It kills me that my family threw away my belongings. God, those fucking assholes. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, it kills me. Kills me. Well, you know where to find a Hordak. All right, all right. Now, let me go on with Alfio's email. Um, he's got a list of questions here, as usual. So oh. let's run through these really quick. Do you guys like Slim Jims? 
Um, I think I actually had a Slim Jim not too long ago. I mean, I don't seek them out right. on rare occasions, and it's more of like, what did those taste like? Yeah, um, every once in a while, you know, like a little beef jerky thing. I don't know, maybe like on a road trip or something. I don't usually go for it, but, uh, oh, no, okay. What is your favorite type of pizza? Hmm. I like just, honestly, just the classic pepperoni pizza. You can't really go wrong with that. Mm. It's, it's a standard, and, you know... I mean, I enjoy a lot of different types of pizza because it's pizza. I mean, mm-hmm. like we talked before on the show, it's an open-faced sandwich. It's definitely. Just, you can't really go wrong with it. If I had a last meal pizza, All right. definitely be just like a classic pepperoni. You go classic pepperoni? Like maybe medium crust. Okay. Hand tossed. How about you, Brad? I go with sausage. Hmm. But the same kind of yeah. format. Yeah. Huh. Does Alfio say what his favorite pizza is? He does not. He should get back with both of those things. Indeed. Let us know. I will say Slim Jims with the cheese with them mm-hmm. packaged together are a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Also, Brad, are you looking forward to Assassin's Creed 3? I haven't played any of them, but this one but this one like cool. And are you going to play SSX? What are those things? <laughs> I don't know what those are. Alfio, you should probably realize that I probably command a little more stronger knowledge of video games than Brad does. He does. And Assassin's Creed 3, I, I, I kind of wish I could play. And Brad, I know you would love this because in the trailer of it, mm-hmm. unlike the other Assassin's Creed that have a lot to do with the Catholic Church and like assassins, mm-hmm. um, they take place in Europe. This Assassin's Creed, also the not only Europe, but also the Middle East, like the first one takes place around Israel, the next one takes place in Italy. Um, the new one takes place in the United States, right during the Revolutionary War, and you actually see the assassin guy running up behind George Washington as if he's going to kill him. Really? George Washington's in it. I think if there's any Assassin's Creed game, it would be that one to get. So I could go and kill George Washington, and then kill Benedict Arnold, and meet up with his wife, and be like, hey, with what's a, up? With a cool blade attachment. <laughs> she might be, she may be, like, top open in yeah. the game. I don't know. They tend to be that pretty historically pretty accurate. Okay. But it's a fun game. I would recommend it, because I have a friend who loves these things. Like, she is super hard core into it and it's one of her favorite video game series okay okay i may look into that i would say the other one i think ssx i think that that's either sesame some, street extreme it may be the extreme mature versions of sesame streets <laughs> or it could be the re-release of a snowboarding game oh. i can't remember because there was one that was similar to that i think they redid recently yeah i have no interest see in that's that's the only one that i don't know fully uh so alfio sorry man i don't are know are you gonna play these what do these letters mean <laughs> explain yourself <laughs> Um, I sent you guys Santa Claus for uh, Christmas in July. Awesome. Thanks. Stayed on that. We are going to enjoy that. I, yes. I have fond memories of that movie. It was enjoyable, I believe. Um, are you guys looking forward to The Dark Knight Rises? And what do you guys think about Batman Begins and The Dark Knight? Oh. Now that's interesting because... I recently um, bought Batman Begins on Blu-ray. And I bought them back during uh, the Thanksgiving rush. Or the Black Friday hullabaloo that we talked about at the the show. Indeed. I, you know, I remember the first time I watched Batman Begins, I hated it. I was like, what is this shitty, long, boring, useless movie? But I wanted to give it a second chance, because Dark Knight was awesome. And I watched it again. It's, oh, it was much better than I remembered. Oh, yeah. But I still feel it's very long and ponderous and not that interesting. It's all right. I mean, I love Liam Neeson, always, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, I, I even think, like, how they do the Batman thing is neat. But you're right, it does meander for a while. It's not a very interesting story. But the second one is. Like, yeah, I yeah. really like the Dark I, yeah, Knight. Yeah, very much so. Uh, to get to the new one that's coming out, I... I frequent a lot of blogs that talk about it, mm. and the more I read about it, the more I thought, this is going to be horrible. Like, there's no way this could be anywhere See, near as good as The Dark Knight. I feel it's going to be... I'm really looking forward to it. Once I, yeah, but once I saw the trailer, I was like, 
yes, mm -hmm. you guys are going to be able to pull this off. Thank you. I cannot I, wait to see this movie. There's so many interesting pieces in play. Oh, yeah. That I think, and I, I trust, you know, Nolan to, you know, make well, something dude, of it. they even made allusions to, like, uh, Catwoman being kind of like Bruce fucking 1%. What's wrong with you? And, nice. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, almost current parallels. I have not watched the trailer. Oh, dude. So. Watch the trailer. It's great. I, I, it restored I, my faith well, into well, it. Well, well. Yes, Alfio. All right. Um, Alex, do you play Minecraft? I feel he's asked this before. Yes, I do play Minecraft. And Alex plays Minecraft. I haven't played it recently because uh, my friends and I have had busy stuff happening. Um, but yes, Minecraft is a fun time. Okay. And uh, he closes, sincerely, Alfio. P.S. Sorry for the short emaily this week. <laughs> email with an I at the end. Emaily. It was, it was, that's, that's a normal-sized email, Alfio. Alfio, yeah, and thanks for getting back at us. I, I love when you divvy it up, because we love your Indeed. voicemails, and we also love your emails. Indeed. Uh, it's technically easier to, to, do a, to a, read an email than to stop and start voicemails as well. So, everyone, feel free to email us all you like. And you can email us, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. I will say I'm slightly disappointed that um, we haven't heard anything back from Squirrel Hell. I, that's just a personal thing for me. What's happening? What's happening down there in the deep dark pits of Squirrel Hell? <laughs> with Squirrel bases. Devil. We got Newt telling us a bunch of lies. We had Paul calling from the depths of his workplace. <laughs> we had Alfio. Didn't hear anything about Squirrel Hell this week. Nothing. Um, but yeah, um, uh, they can find us other places too, right, yeah, Brad? You can. Also, sorry, let me just interject something. Don't also, know. all you people um, in different countries, feel free to just record record like a little audio message and email it to us. Oh, definitely. Feel free, whatever you need to do. You, you don't have to phone us. You don't have to email us. You can you can use your voice. Make just record it. Do it on your phone, on your iPod, whatever. So if it on YouTube, if you want to do a video, or I can just hey, you. I whatever. Send us a link. Dropbox it. I don't care. Let us know you're out there. Are you out there? They're out there. Did we scare you off? This episode, out of any, would as of as of late, would probably scare people off. Did you get scared because I yelled in your ears at you, Dude, guys? Sorry. It's, it's it's okay, and yet also not okay if you don't if you don't read books. It's fine. I, it's not. It's, it's not just fine. that Brad 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 has some very strong opinions about it, and I have a lot of curiosities about it. Now you know. We want to hear what you think. Um, check out our website curiosityabounds.com forward slash ramjack. Hit us up on Twitter at ramjack podcast. Tweet tweet. Um, Facebook? We've talked about that, right? Oh, we haven't talked about that. Brad's Brad's gotten to where he's doing silence right now. I was going to let you introduce the Facebook group. Facebook group, guys. Get on that. Go to Facebook, look up Ramjack, find us, ask to be added, and you are going to get to a community that's really fun. Indeed. And supportive. It's so supportive. It's all about friends patting each other on the back and saying, you can do it. Yeah, just to get through the day, you know, sometimes. Just to sometimes. get through the day sometimes. Through the week. Until we can you have talk a hard to day? Let us help you. We will. We'll be supportive. Gladly. Indeed. Always. Don't be afraid to ask questions either. So, guys, this spring, let's take a page out of Birdman Winslow's book and shake things up with us. You know what else is awesome? I was at Ikea yesterday, and uh, I saw Gaspar. Gaspar! <laughs> Damn you, pillowcase. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I'm so I love our little excursions to Ikea.
Yeah. Breaks my heart. Why did you have this so readily available? <laughs> I want to remember it for the show. Okay. <laughs> Leo, he literally just produced it out of thin air. I was like, what? How, I'm not shocked or at all about that. 